0: All right. Why, hello. It's uh, Monday, July 7th. Yes. All right. How is everybody doing today? Tim Riley?
1: Outstanding. Sarah Dillon? Oh, fantastic. All right. Excellent.
0: All right. Uh, Well, let it be uh, Tim's choice today. Tim, we have uh, for our opening sound clip either comedic or um, thrillingly anticipatory.
1: Thrillingly anticipatory.
0: Is that your choice?
1: Yes. Ladies and gentlemen,
0: uh, we have thrillingly anticipatory as chosen by Tim Riley. The show begins forthwith. minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 in this the month of july in the year of our lord 2008 thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day uh... we have this afternoon's entertainment ladies and gentlemen this my friends is the rick emerson radio program coming to you live from the plushly appointed and garishly lit studios of am 970 uh, the talker thank you for joining us today. it is monday and welcome to day 12 hello how are you uh... it's uh... 503-733-2970 you want you should uh, join us today Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Who knows what I just played? I'm not sure. Sarah.
2: Well, I, I know it was Heath Ledger as the Joker. Yes, it was.
0: Do you know what was playing before that? I mean, I don't know how this would have happened. I'm just saying, in some vague theoretical sense, it's entirely possible that the entire score to the Dark Knight movie has already leaked out.
3: Oh, <laughs> very cool. <laughs>
0: It's entirely possible that before that you just heard a little bit of the Joker's uh, theme, which is played on a series of out-of-tune violins and called "Why So Serious." I'm saying I don't really know anything about that. If the Dark Knight score has already leaked, I I would have no knowledge of that. I wouldn't know where it was. I wouldn't know it. YouTube. <coughs> I wouldn't know anything about it. I wouldn't I wouldn't know anything about a series of videos posted. On a popular video viewing uh, site, which allows you to, to listen to the entire score all the way through front to back. And is it good? At a, at a bit rate of 320K. What?
2: Is, how, how is it? Oh, it's fantastic. I got a, a text message from somebody who might know about the score when I was actually watching Wally yesterday. Yeah. Oh, what would you think? It was so good.
0: How great is Wally. And
2: you know that I'm not a big... Like, even my friends are just like, oh, I guess I'm not really interested in seeing that. I'm like, I know. I'm not a big animated film. It, it was so beautiful. It's and, wonderful. And
0: the... Uh, the, the thing about Wally is just because I was having this discussion with somebody the other day is that somebody said, well, it's a kid's movie. And I said, well, I think there's a difference. I think you can say that a movie that's rated R is only for adults, but a movie that's rated G is not necessarily always for kids because mm-hmm. if you look at that G, it says approved for all audiences. Uh, and it really is. I mean, it's the very definition of a movie kind of for everybody. So.
2: I know. At the end, it was, as I'm, like, tearing up, I'm like... Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm watching cartoon robots. <laughs> what is Completely. wrong with me? I'm like, oh, that last sequence, though. Yeah. Oh, it, it was so good. It's,
0: it's beautiful, and that first thirty minutes or so, where it's more. And of,
2: they never say anything except for their names, right? Usually, just, we, it's just like Eva, Eva Wally, Eva. Eva. Yeah. Or,
0: I can't do it. Yeah, I know. I was talking to I was talking to uh, to Lacey Turner this morning, and she just unbidden, you know. And Lacey hates everybody. Is she just unbidden? She really does. She unbidden came into my office. She goes, Rick, I've got to tell you, I watched Wally this weekend. I cried like a baby at the end, and I won't give anything away. Let's just I mean, we can, I think we can say this. It's emotional. It's a G movie, uh, largely for, it is, you know, I would say suitable for all families. So th- th- nothing, I mean, we got think we can say it ends happily. I mean, everybody knows that. It's a Pixar movie. It's a Pixar I movie. I know.
2: I've never seen a Pixar movie, so I'm just like, are they going to do this? Are they going to do this to me? I'm like, this is so mean. They put you through the ringer for two hours. and Give you a
0: Bambi face. ending. I know. Bam! Mom dead. Uh... Well, I mean, I'll say it. I don't think this is a spoiler, but it's a Pixar film that is suitable for children of all ages. So I, I will say this: it's
2: they it's, don't kill the robot. It, they don't kill. It's not like they take. But, it but you think they're gonna kill the robot, and it is the most. It's, oh, it's
0: great. I it really is wonderful. I my crap.
2: I've lost it. It's as,
0: wonderful. Yeah. Oh. In any event.
2: Can't even think about it.
0: It's a great movie. It really is. And but again, and that, the
2: message that they have, like the social message and the, the oh. environmental message, is just. It, it looks like it could be real. It is so crazy. How,
0: how do I... Uh, I mean, we really have to be careful, because there are many people who would... The people who get angry, it was, they even think we're spoiling. But I... Um, how do I put this? Uh, there was a certain... When they started showing, everybody was just... Uh-huh. I just... It was the greatest... I just made a little gesture to Sarah. That was just the greatest... It's it's fantastic, of go see it. And when the uh, people would,
2: like, fall off the things, and then... That was funny. That's all, that's yeah, all, that's all that's we should awesome. say. We shouldn't say anymore.
0: All right. But anyway, is, even uh, if you
2: don't like cartoons, I'd say I, I'm not a big cartoon fan. Go and see it. It is so neat looking. Would
0: you agree with me that it's. It almost does it, though, an injustice to call it a cartoon? Because it's it like. It
2: doesn't. It looks real, and they actually have humans in it. Animation
0: has reached such an astoundingly advanced place that it, it almost. You calling it a cartoon, I mean, it makes you think that it's like South Park or something, and it's just. You know, and it was the Super Friends, and it's just. It, it's like its own. That Pixar CGI, especially, is so good at this point. It's like it's its own form of art. It's not film, you know, it's not like filmed live action, but it's not really like a family guy cartoon look. It's just this weird middle ground. Anyway, it's just it's just It wonderful. looks
2: so real, and like Eve, especially, like, with, like her fingers would come out. Yeah. That looks so real. It's your mind can't wrap. You're like, okay, I know that's not real, but it doesn't look like a cartoon. You can't really figure out exactly what it is.
0: Everything in that first 30 minutes, which is, as you said, was no dialogue at all, where it's just him wandering around the planet doing his deal. I mean, it's just, it really is. It really is pretty amazing. So, in any event. it, uh, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Thank you for coming along. Uh, if you would like to join us today, that's how you do it with your comments, questions, clarifications, kvetches. By the way, a kvetch. Not the same thing as a kvetch. Uh, today we will begin Rick Emerson's Yiddish Word of the Day segment. Uh, today's word is kvetch, not kvetch. Kvetch. Uh, we'll get to that here in just a while. Oh, my Yiddish book just fell apart. Aww. Oh. Oh.
2: You need to be more careful with things. You've well, the spine him.
0: was sort of... The spine, but now I have to duct tape it together.
2: I have some tape over here. Yes. Don't me to tape right. it for you?
0: Uh, is that scotch tape? I should probably get some sort of gaffing tape or something for this. All right. Well, in any event... It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Blah 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 blah. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, uh, or whatever it is you might have today. Um, here's what's coming up later on in the program. We'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, he will join us today from uh, New York City about uh, the election and so forth and the whatnot. And we're gonna and we're gonna sort of. Um, and chisel in like a, uh, a whole Nathan's famous hot dog eating contest recap because A, we talked about it on Friday when we were doing a live show, but we, many people are out of town, have holidays, busy blowing off their digits, weren't able to listen, whatever, uh, and and B, he was just so disproportionately excited about the whole thing. I mean, don't get me wrong, I think it's great, but it's like Steve was just coming out of his skin about it. Uh, so he was there, he was um, he was live, he was on scene. So we'll talk to Steve Kassebaum today about the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest uh, recap. Let's see. We'll talk to CNN Radio Correspondent James Roop, and then I swear to Christ, CNN Radio Correspondent Amanda Moyer will join us today to talk about the anniversary of the invention of sliced bread. (laughs) And then later we should do a list of the things that are the best things since sliced bread. That's a terrible idea. We're not going to do that. I just said that out loud, and as as it left my mouth, and it sort of reached the atmosphere, really like realized it was awful. No, no, no. We're going to retract that. That's awful. Uh, it's terrible, this idea. We'll do the top five clown songs today. Top five clown songs, uh, because A, Joker, B, uh, Bozo. <coughs> Dead. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, Peter Carlin will join us today. We'll have uh, It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard. And we'll answer the magical question, exactly how lame is radio? I've got the answer right over here. Uh, let's see. What else? ba da da ba Clown songs. Something, something. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Tim Riley, uh, back, tanned, rested, ready? How are you, sir?
1: Tanned. It was... Thunder and lightning in Seattle, and <laughs> rain.
0: It's sort of a tan, in, so you're tan here. You
1: do look very relaxed today.
0: I do, I
2: feel
1: very relaxed. You're tan in your
0: heart. It,
1: it was relaxing on the way back. But on the way, a three-hour ride on the train, a kid crying continuously for three <laughs> hours. <laughs> on the way there or the way back? On the way up. Uh, well, that's at least There's it wasn't on the parents way back. Didn't contain them? Well, as best she could.
2: Oh, okay, so she tried.
1: Well, she looked like, you know, your typical fat single mother on the train. <laughs> <laughs> Probably pregnant with the second one. <laughs> it's so good to have you back, Tim. I've missed you. Uh, the way back it was nice. Yeah. Amtrak <laughs> is a great way to travel as long as everyone shuts up. <laughs> <laughs> Who can argue with that? Uh, and it's not a long trip to Seattle, right? No. It's just it, it's taking the train just about as short as driving, and it's cheaper too. Yeah,
0: and it's and you don't have to do anything. You don't have to just sit there, stare out the window, read a book, whatever. So
1: fantastic, excellent.
0: All right. Uh, Tim Riley working on the following stories uh, for your edification today.
1: Up, up, and away. A lawn chair balloon pilot completes his flight from Bend to Idaho. A southeast woman is mauled by a dog as its owner dies of a heart attack. A teen severs an arm in a surfing accident. Barack Obama's charter plane makes an unscheduled landing following mechanical problems this morning. Obama will accept his nomination at a football stadium. 41 are killed in a suicide bombing in Afghanistan. Iraq is proposing a timetable for us to get out of their country finally. The IHOP turns 50. Really? Yes. And Madonna brainwashed my husband with Kabbalah, claims Alex Rodriguez's wife.
3: <laughs>
1: Excellent. Yeah. Well,
0: well, that's different than the Madonna. It's just become all it's Madonna all the time. All the time. So I have...
1: Oh, and the great thing is, apparently, Britney Spears is going to accompany Madonna on. I don't know which concerts they were at coming tour, but at least a couple.
0: as a performer or just hanging out.
2: I believe as a performer. <laughs> she's hanging out backstage. Well, who's, what, what else
1: is she doing? I'd go see that.
2: Yeah.
0: Madonna and Britney for one low—well, probably not low for one price. Uh, I would see that. I which really says, would.
1: Considering doing a video piece for Madonna's tour.
0: Well, all right then. Yeah. Oh wait, but does that mean that she'd be there, or would it just be like a live from know. live from her couch or something? I have this. Do you have the story from Madonna where she flat out says she's not getting a divorce? Yeah. There's that. There's all
1: no kinds of lies
0: going on. <laughs> Some of them coming from her brother, I do believe, depending on uh, the, what sources you consider. All right. Uh, so we'll get to uh, all of that here in just a short while. Uh, we're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Still. I'm so glad you didn't go to see Hancock. Or did you? No. Okay. No. Well, it was the number one movie. Do you believe that? Hey, by the way, prediction. Uh, next week, Hancock falls to number two. Wally regains the number one slot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say that I think less of people that went to see Hancock, because... What are you going to do? You know, it's. Uh... Well,
2: does it look like it might be promising, and it's Will Smith, That's and it Will has Smith. Jason Bateman and and Charlie Theron. So, yeah. like, there are a lot of good actors. I mean,
0: there's some potential there. I mean, so I'm certainly no. It's not like I'm the benchmark for quality. I'm, I mean, I mean, I went. I went to see Wanted just based on the strength of Angelina Jolie laying in the hood of a car with a shotgun. So I'm sure. <laughs> like, it's not like I'm anybody for sort of cinematic purity. But, boy, the reviews of that were just so savage. They were just, just, I just terrible. I just listened
2: to my friends too, and once he told me that it was a pile of crap. I'm like, I'm just not going
0: to. Number say it. one biggest Fourth of July opening ever for that guy 108 million dollars
2: well good for him
0: and so I don't know and by the way so keep in mind as I then plunge into this next thing uh, that none of us here have seen Hancock am I right Tim
1: that is correct. I watched the long version of Independence Day over the weekend. <laughs> the yeah. director's cut.
2: I watched it. How random is the director's cut? The whole scene with like Jeff Goldblum outside of the White House trying to find his ex-wife, uh-huh. and it just goes on and on.
1: On and on and on. <laughs> One of
0: those movies you understand You understand why the things that were cut were cut. Yeah. Sometimes a director's cut is great because you sort of get to see the unadulterated film Almost Famous comes to mind. Yes. Uh, Leon the Professional comes to mind, where it's like 25 minutes longer, and you're like, this is fantastic. Sometimes, though, you really do understand why Harvey Weinstein has to step in and go, you're cutting that sequence. It's crap. Um, so keep in mind that none of us here have seen Hancock. And uh, Richie, I'm assuming that goes for... Richie, have you seen Hancock? No. All right, thank you. Uh, so uh, th- th- I just opened up Yahoo today because it's my it's like my homepage. And they said that the audiences are all a buzz about, quote, the Hancock twist. And I get it. It has audiences divided. The twist. Well, I, here's the thing. Keep in mind, I don't know the twist, but i got two things to say. A,
2: you could guess it in like
0: two seconds. It seems impossible to me that Hancock really has audiences that divided. You know, it's not like it's Rashomon or something. And B, I'm tired of everything having a twist. And I blame that on M. Night Shyamalan, by the way, because half the time the twist is just crap. Uh, And you sense that it was put there just to get some sort of repeat business out of an audience that probably wouldn't see the film again otherwise. The twist is crap. Thirdly, I I, I can almost certainly tell you what the twist is. I'm guessing A, keep in mind I haven't seen the film, so this isn't a spoiler. I'm guessing that either A, Charlize Theron is the villain. Are you going to tell me if I get it right? Yeah, I'll tell you. Charlize Theron the villain. Will Smith secretly a villain. Jason Bakeman secretly a villain. Have I gotten it? He's one of those, correct? Yes. Are you going to tell me which one?
2: Well, I'm not going to tell you on the air, but yeah.
0: We should give just people a five-second warning to... I'm
2: three. not going to say... No, I'm going to be...
0: It's Charlize Theron. She's secretly the villain. I don't care. You know, and here's why. Here's here's the thing, because I haven't seen the movie. I don't know. You haven't confirmed. You haven't told me. Yeah. So, Sarah didn't say what it is. I'm just saying that was my first... When I saw that, it, it, Because especially because every review is like... And the huge twist at the end... And then, Ani don't you think that, if, that there ought to be some sort of journalistic code of ethics that if the movie has a gigantic twist, you just don't mention it? Seriously. Why do you need to talk about the fact that if the twist is really that big... Then
2: you're just waiting for it, and you get distracted from the movie.
0: Exactly. Word of mouth will let people know that there's a twist. So keep in mind, that's not a spoiler, because I haven't seen it. Uh, I don't plan to see it, but as soon as they, the, the, the twist ending has a... And plus, here's the other reason you know that it's Charlize Theron being the bad guy, because she's blonde and pretty, and so therefore you wouldn't expect it. Except, therefore, we do expect it. Jesus, save your money, or just sit at home and hit yourself in the head with a hammer.
2: Well, you don't get an A-list actress like Shirley Theron to just play some some dude's wife. Exactly. You know, like you would get some famous person if they didn't play a big
0: part in the movie. No, that's well done, Sarah. That's another great thing. Because somebody, I think Ebert noted that too, when he he talks about in movies they have a lot of um, uh, red herrings about who the killer really is. It's one of those movies where you're trying to figure out who the serial killer is. And he says that there'll be five suspects, four of whom are, like, C-level actors, and one of whom is a star. Guess who the killer is? (laughs) Uh, And that's exactly the thing with Charlize Theron. So, again, keep in mind, I deduce that simply from the casting and from somebody saying that there was a spoiler. So, and plus, again, in a post-unbreakable era, there's always got to be a secret villain at the end that you don't expect. Mm -hmm. Uh, And unbreakable and the usual suspects are the two movies that did that kind of as well as it can be done. And since then, it's just, you know, it's crap.
2: Well, speaking of movies, can I tell you something really exciting? What is it? Perhaps I, next Tuesday, get to go to the press screening of The Dark Knight. Oh,
0: you are a... Is that for me, too? Is that uh, Rick Emerson gets to wet his beak? I think... Why do you get to go to The Dark Knight? Well,
2: because I RSVP... I think you were supposed to RSVP by now. Oh. I I never do
0: that. I I never. I never RSVP for anything. Uh, yeah. All right. So like, when is this? Is this at the? This isn't that Bridgeport thing, is it? No. No. This what is, is
2: a, this is press only. Oh,
0: a secret, a secret private. At Wait. Secret so is that location. not? It's not tonight. It's next Monday. It's
2: next Monday. It's
0: uh, very exciting.
2: I know. All I right. am. You know. I'm just beside myself about this movie. I am. I'm so excited. I can't even think about the fact that I'm going to see it at a press screen. I'm just. Can't even register it in my
3: brain. Well, all
0: right. So. Well, uh, all right, so if you're not Sarah, uh, Reed, if you are me or, or anybody else. I'll
2: go again on Thursday, definitely. Because
0: okay, that's the thing. So uh, a week from this Thursday, it is a th- next Thursday night, Friday morning, basically 12.01 next Friday. Uh, we will be at the Regal Cinemas in Tigard. Go to 970. A. M. Uh, that is 970. Am. Get your tickets now because it will sell out. Uh, Am 970 will be hosting the Portland premiere of The Dark Knight. Uh, we'll all be there. We'll be uh, watching the movie with you. We'll be. We'll have Dark Knight uh, merchandise and memorabilia. I saw some of that upstairs in Susan's office. It's all very exciting. Uh, so that'll be next. Uh, Thursday night not this coming Thursday but next Thursday night the 17th at midnight uh the Portland premiere uh, of the, uh, uh, the of the dark Knight. so uh yeah. so anyway be, be, be go to 970. a.m be listening for that um all right just a couple of other things here before we break um hey Tim did you hear the oscillating fan thing I did not no <gasps> okay I gotta play the oscillating fan song maybe I'll play that here be, under the break yeah uh, I'll do that here in just a second a couple things uh, because Larry Harmon died on uh, Friday. Um, And so we did a double snuff watch on Friday, both for for Larry, two different kinds of clowns died on Friday. Uh, We had Larry Harmon and Jesse Helms both dying, so that was sort of a yin-yang kind of snuff watch. Um, So feel free to revisit that today if you want to, because Friday was a holiday and all. I have three different things to say. One, does anybody know what they call a group of clowns? You know there's like a a pride of lions and a murder of crows and a gaggle of geese? Who knows what they call a group of uh, clowns? This is not a joke. I don't know. I don't know either. An alley of clowns, A L L E Y. An alley of clowns. Uh, secondly, I have a question, and feel free to call about this. I won't be able to get your calls until after the break. I don't understand the concept of clown college. Exactly, what is it that you learn at clown college? I, don't
2: know, I guess what you learn to be funny.
0: One can't learn to be funny. One either is it's or like one is not. not very funny. That's there you go. I mean, I know that this sounds like a setup for a Family Guy style cutaway joke. What do you learn at clown college, Lois? Uh, and then you, and then they immediately.
2: That was pretty good. I'm sorry. I just choked on my coffee. I
0: can never plan those things. The voice either comes out or it doesn't. And then they cut. But see, then in Family Guy world, like it would cut to all the clowns sitting there in full clown makeup, being taught about superstring, you know, chaos theory, uh, or whatever. And then like they bring a tour of children through, and the clowns would immediately start jumping up and down with seltzer. And then the kids would leave the room, and then the clowns would go back to discussing studying, studying Pythagorean theorem. Uh, so I don't know what you study at Clown College. Please now to call and tell me that, because I don't like not knowing stuff. Finally, this. I know all of these things not because Larry Harmon died, that's just a coincidence, but because my wife was at this stupid, uh, was at this hippie fest uh, last week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, with a bunch of her hippie friends. And, of course, hippies don't love it. Hippies love a lot of things. They love uh, stench and stink and filth uh, and natural fibers and clowns for some reason. And there's always sort of low-budget, low-rent, dirty, scummy-looking clowns at hippie festivals, including, of course, this one she went to. And so she told me that, I'm quoting now, She got into a big discussion with a clown while standing in line for the shower. Here's the thing. Any place you have to stand in line for the shower is a place I'm not going to go. So if anybody wonders... See, Tim Tim just curled his lip in the most pure expression of disgust I've ever seen. So if anybody wonders why I don't go to things like hippie festivals, it's because I don't want to stand in line to clean myself. For the love of Christ, take one call, then we'll break. Hi, you're on The Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
4: Hey, Rick. Hey, Tim. Hey, Sarah.
5: What's Hi. up?
6: I got a question for Sarah.
5: Man, I guess Rick, too. I don't really care, but mainly
6: for Sarah. Um, have you seen the new stuff on Comcast On Demand? The news? Oh,
2: the
0: oh, Gotham, the new, Gotham,
2: the, the Gotham the update. The Gotham
0: update or whatever. I watched it on YouTube. I didn't see it on Comcast. Yeah, I don't have
2: the. Inter- the cable, but it's but.
0: online, yeah.
2: Yeah,
6: they got that, and then they do a whole profile on Bruce Wayne and how no one likes him in.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and how he's like a big Playboy and everything. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's so super cool. All
7: right. And one other thing? Yes, sir. I knew it. I kind of, I th- th- I kind of I saw sensed that.
0: that one coming. No, I, I saw that. Uh, let's see here. All right. Uh, Rick, two spoilers in five minutes. You are a tool. All right. I don't think the Wally thing counts as a spoiler. Really. I mean...
2: I would actually have preferred to know that... It- that it,
0: everything turns out okay. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Well, because if that's the thing with Pixar... Look, you're not going to watch Toy Story, and at the end, Buzz Lightyear gets shredded and melted down and turned into a Frisbee. You just know that doesn't happen. It's a Pixar movie. So, yeah. by saying that there's a happy no, ending, thought, I'm not I spoiling rather, anything.
2: I would rather know... Because it was that it, stressful. It was really stressful. I was really upset. And you don't... Especially, like, toward the end, like, I, I was... Very upset. And you don't want to be
0: stressed out when you're watching. Wall-E. And I don't
2: know about cartoons with kids these days. I'm like, do they just kill everybody now? Like, why? I don't. Who knows? After Bambi, we're all screwed.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, boy, Bambi, boy. That was just. There really was a different era back then. I mean, we could just flat out kill the main character's mother in a G-rated movie for children. It's a strange time. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh uh, well, let me get the oscillating fan thing here. We'll play that into break. Uh, let's oh, and here. I also
2: spent uh, yesterday reading uh, The Killing Joke. Oh, how great is that? That is amazing. is read that it. genius? I'm, yeah, I'm going to read it again right when I get home. Yeah, home
0: it's, that's pretty amazing. Um, That's by, uh, yeah, it's by the guy that wrote V for That's Indiana. the
2: first comic book I've ever read, and they are so neat. I it's, can see why people geek out about comic books.
0: It's uh, That's uh, that's con- considered, I mean, I don't know that much about comics, but I know that's considered one of the best graphic novels of all time. All right, we'll play this in a break. Tim Riley, this is for you. We'll come back uh, around the corner with Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, James Roop, Amanda Moyer, top five and all that. Stay
1: there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. A brave man beats a man named Fam with a fan as he <laughs> wrestles the cat out of his hands. I don't understand. Mr. Fam was beaten with a fan.
0: What is going on in this news story?
1: Well, a shooting suspect is badly hurt after he knocked down the door. Well, the man in the bedroom is waiting and his weapon of choice, an oscillating fan. An oscillating fan Well, the man in the bedroom is waiting And his weapon of choice An oscillating fan An oscillating fan Mr. Fan was greeted by a man Armed with an oscillating fan He beats the suspect down the stairs For the oscillating fan Fam like ham? Right, okay Armed with an oscillating fan Long fan Okay The victim of the fan attack Back up for a second An oscillating fan An oscillating fan Okay, Mr. Dong Fan. Cam with a P in front of it, which makes it a fan. An oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Okay. An oscillating fan. Stop. 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 Mr. Fan and the fan. Stop. Mr. Dong Fan. Okay.
0: Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503 uh, 2970 Just a moment. We'll talk to Cena Radio correspondent Amanda Moyer. Uh, coming up later on, we'll talk to Steve Kasterbaum, James Roop. Uh, top five clown songs uh, of all time. We'll do the Yiddish word of the day. Uh, Tim Riley returns uh, at the Ministry of Truth and so forth. It's, 503-7- pardon me. it's 503-733-2970. 503 503- 733 uh... seven three three two nine seventy and then richie the cross-dressing guy well not the cross-dressing guy the guy who's going to cross dress he's coming tomorrow yeah two o'clock all right thank you all right ladies and gentlemen let's welcome now to the rick emerson show from the cnn radio center in atlanta home of the world's largest escalator amanda moyer hello how hi. are you today
8: hi i'm well how are you
0: i'm fantastic how was your weekend was it satisfying in every conceivable fashion
8: it was
0: excellent so let me ask you this: Is this your idea uh, to talk about? Uh, I'm quoting now to talk about the best story since the actual. First of all, when you say the, the the best thing since sliced bread, what are we talking about today? What What do you mean by this?
8: Well, today is the 80th anniversary of sliced bread.
0: I mean, the actual slicing of bread for the first time—that didn't like Paleolithic man sort of do that around the around the fire, or is this automated bread slicing? We're
8: talking about commercially producing sliced bread. And the Rowetter bread machine, Chillicothe, Missouri. That's where it all started, July seventh, nineteen twenty-eight.
0: Is there some sort of a museum or a display where I can go and learn more about uh, about the slicing? I mean, do they have some sort of a, like an artist rendering, a replica of the loaf in question?
8: <laughs> well, the uh, the actual the machine is in the Smithsonian. But I was talking to uh, some people at the town, and they have put up plaques, and they are looking to do an interactive museum.
0: That seems I'm like a pretty kidding. that seems like a pretty short exhibit. I mean, really, what is it? It's, you press the button and then you watch and then you just sort of leave and give your $5 what would a bread slicing museum really consist of?
8: Well, I think it would probably have uh, bread and also <laughs> maybe um they were saying that they'd have pictures and actually the son of the inventor, he had a scrapbook <laughs> detailing all of the uh, information. Is he bread a lot- orders?
0: Is he a lot like Hugh Grant's character in About a Boy where it's like he doesn't really ever have to work as his dad literally invented the bread slicing machine, so he just sits around and drinks and becomes embittered?
8: Well, that that could be, you know, when you are the son of an inventor of uh something that everything is measured against, you know, that could happen to you.
0: So let me let me ask you this. So does it mean I mean I suppose it does mean this, does it mean that pre July seventh, nineteen twenty eight, that they're just you couldn't buy sliced bread?
8: According to uh all of this, yes you um it it wasn't produced commercially until this bread slicing machine came out and the reason why is because um bakers at that time thought that it wouldn't be it, the bread wouldn't stay moist they thought it would go stale so they made it each day and that's why you had um, the fresh bread out in all the different bakeries.
0: 1928 does seem rather late in the game for them to be inventing the bread slicer. It seems like a thing that we would have had in like the 1850s or so. I am kind of surprised that it took nearly 30 years into the 20th century to come up with a bread slicing machine. But I suppose, you know, I, I suppose it's one of those things we'd always taken for granted. So this was so this was created where, where I want to write down the name of the city so that I can visit it someday when I'm, you know, bored.
8: Okay. Well, where, it's called Chillicothe, Missouri.
0: All right. Missouri. So someday when my wife and I are an old couple driving around Charles Carroll style in a Winnebago, I can go see the Bread Slicing Museum.
8: Exactly. All right. Excellent. Bread
0: slicing. All right. Let me ask you this, and I'd like for you to answer honestly. Did you do this whole story simply so you could say it's the best story since sliced bread?
8: No, I did not. All right.
0: Uh, My final question, Amanda Moyer from the CNM Radio Center in Atlanta before we go. Do you have any idea what they teach at Clown College? This is not a trick question. I want to know.
8: you no, he's not being kooky. We're actually trying to figure it out. Okay, maybe um. I have how to no entertain? idea. Pardon me. I guess they teach you how to entertain.
0: I suppose, but I guess maybe that's. Maybe like-, like
2: how to juggle and stuff.
0: Uh, maybe. How to entertain it is, I suppose, uh, correct in some broad sense, but it seems like there's it's got to be a little more niche oriented. Here's the walk reason I asked this. around
8: in big floppy shoes?
0: Uh, that could be it, too. Maybe that's sort of like the, uh, maybe that is sort of the comedic version of learning how to walk in high heels. It's <laughs> my, my wife, for reasons I don't need to go into, but my wife ended up. Ended up standing in line behind a clown a couple days ago, and they were having this long conversation about clown college, and then that sort of prompted the question of what the hell do they teach in clown college, and it's like now I'm going to have to do some wacky radio bit where I actually go and roll for a day and then film it just so I can figure out what, what they do there. So How long is it? I don't really know the answer. You know, there's so much I know about clown college, Amanda, that it can't even be calculated. Really, my, my clown college knowledge...
3: <laughs> I'm sorry, that was an I'm unfortunate college. rhyme.
0: My... Co- my clown college, knowledge is really almost nil. I mean, I have to just say that. So well, then um, you're going
8: to have to do the research and have me back on it and give me that update.
0: I suppose. Oh, hey, real quickly before we go, I wanted to ask you this. This um, there's another story that um, so there are what? So for the next two weeks, they said that I, I read that Chrysler has what? They have closed down their lines of production. Is that true?
8: Yes. What's going on is Chrysler, his company wide, has shut down for two weeks. Employees were given. We're told they had to take mandatory vacation for the weeks of July 7th and July 14th because it's all part of a cost-saving plan that the company is trying, a new approach.
0: Wow. It does make you wonder exactly, is Lee Iacocca still alive?
8: That I do not
0: know. Uh, See, that's one of those guys that, like, you think about, he's sort of like Abe Vigoda, where you sort of look up and you go, alive, dead? It does make, really, how far we have come in this country. That's sort of a bell curve with that that corporation, that they were, uh, you know, at the bottom of the heap, and then he sort of brought them back to greatness in the 80s. And, you know, it it is strange, speaking of bread slicing in American industry, that we were at a place where Chrysler would just be closed for two weeks. It is a strange time. It
8: is, and that's not a good indication when... uh, the auto industry is going down and down every single day.
0: That is uh, that is what they call a bellwether, I believe. All right. Uh, thank you so much, Amanda.
8: My pleasure. Right, there
0: you go. Amanda Moyer, CNN Radio correspondent. So
2: I really did feel like I'd chip in there because I thought maybe she thought you were messing with it. Oh, with the clown college? Yeah. I
0: really want to know. Uh, it just doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like a thing that you can really look up. So uh, we'll talk to uh, CNN Radio correspondent uh, Steve Kastenbaum uh here in just a few moments uh we'll get your uh, your phone calls and the more and the whatnot now i'm just getting a bunch of the, the email from people who liked it, who liked hancock all right fine you know here's the thing i'm not going to see it so email me don't email me doesn't really matter hi you're on the rick emerson show hello
7: yeah hey rick dante the cab driver here. hello sir i uh, just wanted to let you know that about the bread slicing thing yes yeah that machine was not popular for the first 14 years that it was invented because uh they had no way to wrap the stuff and so it really did go stale. They tried to figure out a number of different ways to package the bread so that it would, like, stay together in loaves. They tied it together with twine, used hat pins to hold it together. Are you to making this it.
0: up? Because realize oh, I, I wouldn't know if you were screwing with me.
7: Otto J. Robetta was the inventor of the bread slicer, and it took him 14 years to figure out how to package it.
0: Well, all right, then.
7: And uh, the other thing that I wanted to ask was please beg Tim Riley Never take another day off ever
3: again. <laughs> uh, well, uh,
7: I, believe, I believe I speak for a, for a significant portion of the audience here when I say we miss him
2: sorely.
0: You know, uh, Timmy Ryan does have his own particular brand of magic. He his
2: uh, own flair. He
0: does. He, uh, there's no one quite like uh, Timmy Ryan, but I would say that Tim Riley is, is the gold standard, uh, gold standard by, by which all others are measured. Yes, yes, we love you, Tim. Thank you. All right, thank you. All right, there you go.
2: I like I like funny Timmy Ryan, but, like, even listening to the recap and hearing him, like, I do Timmy Ryan. Yeah, because he just seems to have anger for no purpose. To be and fair, it...
0: uh, when we were doing the uh, – because Timmy Ryan was here last week. He was here when, part of Wednesday, and then he came in on Thursday and Friday. And Wednesday he was fine. Thursday he was fine. Friday, uh, I think he was a little snappy because he had been up until – which I didn't know about this. He'd been up till one a.m. working on this sort of aborted Christmas song that we were going to be playing on Friday's show. That I played for Chris Paddock this morning, by the way, because he, you what know, did Paddock he, think- he was part of it. You know, because Chris Paddock, we should back up for a second. We had on Friday we did our annual Christmas in July show, and so we did, you know, we played Behind the Christmas every year, and then we played uh, Ebenezer I Barely Knew Her, which is from last December, and we had written and were going to play back. This Christmas song, and it was a, I won't give it away, but it was a Christmas, it was a parody song, a Christmas parody song. And we were going to be playing that back on Friday. And so everybody kind of went in and we all laid down some vocals and we all kind of pitched in singing on it. And that was at about three o'clock on Thursday afternoon. So, Timmy Ryan was here until 1 a.m., trying to get it together, trying to stitch it, trying to make it work, trying to, to alter things or move things around, just trying to get one good, I mean, it's really putting it together just like some sort, of, some sort of audio patchwork quilt, trying to get it to work. And he was just never successful. And what I did not know, but what I later discovered, is that he was here until 1 o'clock in the morning and he had to be up. He had to be up at 5 because he had to be on the air a couple oh, at no. 6 a.m. And, you know, and Couples a great radio station, but it's also, it's a very bright, sort of family-oriented, very sort of positive station. And so, you know, he had to be up at five, and then he had to force himself, I think, to sound happy for about four hours over a couple playing country music.
2: I remember, like, those early days, like, working on coin, Uh, when you have to look good and, you know, and sound good when you feel I'm Timmy
5: Ryan. Glad to be here.
0: (sighs) Carrie Underwood. And then he had to come over here and then do a whole show with us before he could go home to sleep. So he was up for almost 24 hours. Um and anyway, so he oh, was. A I l-
2: can see why he's a little snappy. He
0: was a little cranky on Friday. I think he was fading. But boy, anyway, so we'll get to Steve Castamont in just one second. But I, but Chris Paddock was one of the people who would lent his voice to the song. And he was he was listening Friday when we announced we weren't going to be playing it. And so he kind of came into my office today, and he's like, "Hey, so how bad is the song?" And I played him just about sixty seconds of it. I, I said, "Look, I'm going to play you the song." I said Timmy Ryan did his best. Attempt at stitching together a, a series of usable takes, but it just it just didn't happen. And I played it, and we got about forty five or sixty seconds into it, and he just like he's like, stop, I can't take anymore. Yeah. Um,
2: and it's embarrassing, like that that note I start out on. God, your whoa. takes are all okay
0: except for the first note.
2: I know. It, which I, is the I first just, note yeah, of the song. The, why would you put a flat note on the, as the first <laughs> note of the song?
0: Yeah. I will say, um, Richie is so astoundingly bad. There's just no way to put it. I wish I could play it. So let's welcome now Maybe to we the Rick Emerson Show. Today. No. I see, I almost don't want to give it away, though. Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir.
3: Hey,
7: how are you? How
0: are you, brother man?
7: Doing good. Recovered from the hot dog eating contest.
0: I uh, talked to several people who heard you call in on Friday about that, and they were just... It's, the thing is, your excitement about the hot dog eating contest on Friday was the very definition of infectious. Uh, because people were like, I didn't even really care about it until I heard Steve Kastenbaum. Then I sat home and watched it all all day on the Internet. Um <laughs> So, Quo Mes Joey Chestnut, where, where does he go from now?
7: You know, he can only go up. I think. I think he'll just become more and more famous. Now, I don't know what's next on his plate. Pun intended. Sorry. Uh huh. I, I had to do it. That's Sorry. all right.
0: Uh, so, I mean, it's just a, just a recap for those who didn't hear Friday. So, it went down to the wire. They each ate what fifty nine, and it tied.
7: Yeah, it was just unbelievable. The tension was incredible. I mean, you know, they went. They, they uh, shortened the competition to 10 minutes on Friday after they discovered the rules from the 1918 contest. So it used to be 12 minutes, and in 12 minutes, Joey Chestnut uh, did away with Kobayashi. He ate three more hot dogs last year. So the question was, where were they at at the 10-minute mark last year? And uh, Kobayashi actually was ahead of Joey Chestnut for a little while leading into the ten minute mark uh on friday when the uh, when they were told to put down their buns, they were tied at fifty nine hot dogs apiece and for the first time ever in recent history, it went to a sudden death overtime, first man to down five hot dogs and buns would win, and Joey Chestnut was. The winner, the victor, at the end. Are they? Is this? Are,
0: are Kobayashi and Chestnut? Are they the uh, the Bobby Fisher and Boris Spassky of the hot dog eating world?
7: That's a very good analogy. Yes, I would say they they have become that. Yes.
0: All right. I'm just that means that in like 40 years we'll get the inevitable like uh, near the end of life grudge match. So I'm already looking forward to that.
7: Yeah. I wonder what they'll eat then. Like like insure. Maybe they'll just sit down insure
0: <laughs> Just gumming a bunch of lukewarm bread. <laughs> Just bread yeah. in a just watery bread in a bowl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Excellent. Oh man. All right. Uh, let's. Well, I mean, speaking of grudge matches, so we continue to head in towards uh toward this November election. What is the? Let me ask you this, because I I only sort of saw the aftermath of this. So there's some statement that the McCain campaign put out regarding Barack Obama's comments on or position about Iraq. And I can't tell whether it's something I really need to care about or whether it is, as they say, much ado about almost nothing. So I will let you act as the filter and tell me if it's something I really even need to follow.
7: Nah, don't worry about it. Excellent. Done and
0: done, my friend. Thank you. There you you go. All right. Hey, did you see this thing about um, they're trying to get horse-drawn carriages banned in New York?
7: They're always trying to do that. They think that the treatment of the uh, horse-drawn, the horses with these horse-drawn carriages around Central Park, that it's uh, inhumane. Even though, you know, once the temperature hits a certain point, they are taken off the street. They're not allowed to be out there working if it gets too hot. But uh, these animal rights groups, they feel that uh, they shouldn't be in modern-day traffic. They acknowledge uh, the fact that there was a time when, you know, horses were utilized for moving all sorts of things. But in today's fast-paced traffic, it, it puts the horses at danger and uh, they shouldn't be out there.
0: By the way, I see that one of the uh, people trying to get the horse-drawn carriages banned is the uh, tiresome and humorless Chrissy Hind. So uh, you just let her know that I've seen her jaw structure, you know, like up close. And anytime she wants to take a bit right through that mouth and, you know, drag people around New York, I think she's set for it. So <laughs> it's like somebody took John Elway's face and just mounted it right under her body.
7: Yikes. I'm Didn't just saying. Didn't she move out of the States because she hated us?
0: Uh, I, no, I think she's another one of those, you know, I, if George Bush gets elected, I'm going to move, and then she never did, uh, because I think it's not always the case. Like, there's, if there's one way to guarantee that you will never leave America, it's to threaten that you will leave America if somebody, if, like, the guy you back for the election loses, that you'll sort of stamp your feet and run for the border, but it's like it never happens. I think Alec Baldwin said the same thing last time.
7: Oh, I, th- I thought that, you know, many moons ago, like, decades ago, she, she left uh, the state's because she had such disdain for her own countrymen. Uh, I think, like, I can't remember when, but I, I feel like she left the U.S. at some point and lived in England.
1: It's entirely
0: possible. I suppose that would be easier to find out if anybody actually cared about her. But yeah. she's, uh, you would have to be on the cultural radar in some point for this to uh, to determine that.
7: Yeah, All right. the last time she put out an album, I can't even I that. have no idea.
0: I think if she did move away. Uh, she's one of those expatriates that just sort of comes back here to wring money out of us and then flees back to, you know, to wherever. Yeah. Um, all right, so uh, was your weekend satisfying and, uh, and danger-free?
7: Oh, actually, you know what happened? Uh, we we celebrated uh, my 40th birthday and um, my wife's 30th birthday because uh, they're so close to each other. Mine is on uh, July 1st and hers is on uh, July 6th. Excellent. Well,
0: happy birthday to you both, my friend.
7: Thank you very much. All right. As
0: Are you on tomorrow?
7: Uh, yes, I am. So uh, we're getting all excited uh, in preparation for... The Barack Obama uh, Democratic Convention in Denver, and then all of a sudden he announced that they're going to be filling, uh, having his exception uh, speech no longer uh, indoors at the 20-seat arena. But now it's going to be outside at the 75,000
3: people. Can
0: you
7: believe this? Unbelievable. So my immediate reaction to that was, uh, well, what if it rains? (laughs) So I looked up uh, online to see what the daily average for rain in uh, Denver is in August. I I guess it just never rains there in August. Uh, For the end of the year, it's like... 0.05 0.05 inches, so I guess they don't have to worry about it. I uh, Really, I
0: mean, this is a tiresome cliché. This is a cliché that gets used and used and overused in every conceivable arena. But there's that thing where they say, well, like, so-and-so is a rock star and blah, blah, blah. So, like, they'll say that, you know, you know they'll say, like, Steve Jobs is really a rock star in the world of computers. Or Lee Atwater is really a rock star in the world of political strategy. Uh, so that's a thing that just has sort of been, been beaten into the dust, cliche-wise. But I, it, you can really tell that in the packaging and imaging and marketing of Barack Obama, that they really are following uh, the sort of the, the rock star playbook. I mean, every single thing they do in terms of presenting that guy's public image, and just simply terms, in terms of marketing and aesthetics, is clearly modeled on that. I mean, I think that the sense that they've got... In politics, the wave, as they say. And yeah. They're just going to wring every ounce of momentum they can out of it. Well, good for him. All yeah, right.
7: that's, that's creating a logistical challenge for us. But, uh,
3: <laughs> yes. But, I,
0: I, well, because I can't even... I mean, in an outdoor venue, 70,000 people, I can't even imagine the security that is around that guy, I mean, even in a closely controlled environment. It's incredible. I mean, something like that. It's like, I, it's just... I, I will. To, I do have to say this. I mean, it, it really is... It, it, it really is just a world that I that I often I, I wish that I could that I could sort of see up close because I I sort of have to see it vicariously uh, through you know, uh, you know I I read this book Boys on the Bus by Timothy Krauss, which is about right. riding the yeah, the press corps bus during the '72 election and it's it, it seems like such a weird hyper just a weird, hyper-stressful yet sort of ecstatic atmosphere, just the whole being on the trail during a campaign that someday, here's the thing, I think I'm going to fake that I have some terminal illness, and then I'm going to find some make-a-wish program for adults, and I'm just going to demand to be embedded with one of the campaigns for the election. I think that's why what did, I'm going to do.
7: Why don't you just come along with us?
0: Well, because i got this whole job that CBS pays me to do, <laughs> I mean for today anyway. So
7: You have no idea what a nightmare this is going to be. I covered a convention here in New York, the Republican one, and how much effort and, and manpower and, and uh, gear and engineering goes into covering con- a convention in just one venue. Now that they're going to take this and, and do a couple of days at the indoor arena, and then on the final day move it to the football st- stadium, you have no idea what a logistical nightmare this is.
0: I mean, it is, it is, what it is just piles of minutiae is what it is. It is it the really minutiae upon the minutiae. All right, my friend, uh, enjoy the rest of your day. We will uh, talk with you very soon. Thank you, Steve. All ya. right. Steve Katzenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. I'll, I'll go. What? I'll go. I was just gonna say he's you know, if we really ought to just try to get somebody uh get somebody out there.
1: Timmy Ryan can sit here. He's proven himself. <laughs> no. I can go I can take a couple days off <laughs> and we can go be... out and come at the convention. What? Well, you don't
0: want to you want to stay here and send Timmy Ryan to represent us in terms of presidential politics? <laughs> no, no, he can sit here and I'll go. <laughs> I was gonna tell Steve that uh CBS shows me the pink slip. Uh, he'll be the first person I call. By the way, remember that job offer? Um, well, I'll look into it. We'll see if Les Moonves wants to uh, wants to foot the bill for that. So, Absolutely. All right.
2: But let so me see. Kastenbaum's wife is only three years older than me, so he's a, he, he's still robbing the cradle a little he's bit. He's a player.
0: Where to go, Steve Kastenbaum? Well, you expect a
1: New York reporter to be surrounded by beautiful ladies. Oh, Thank by you. the way, speaking of New this York,
2: true.
0: speaking of New York reporter, I got the uh, I got the best liner cut for you. So I'll see if I can play it later. It's not in the system yet. I got it. It's upstairs though. Okay. I'll see if we can play it later. All right. Uh, well, let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, here's what we'll do around the corner. We'll uh, go to the Ministry of Truth uh, with the recently returned Tim Riley. Later on, top five clown songs. Uh, let's see what else. Worst song you've ever heard? Uh, we'll talk to uh, Peter Carlin, James Roop, and we'll answer the magical question: How lame is radio? The answer: Indescribably lame. All right. Stay there. Back after this. Don't go anywhere. 10. Why hello! It is uh, Monday, July seventh. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Still to come. a Radio course. But we're an hour into this stupid show already. Jesus. Uh, a Radio correspondent James Roop. Top five clown songs of all time. Uh, we'll talk to Richie, who I guess. So apparently, there's somebody coming in tomorrow who's going to do is sort of an initial. All I know is that apparently Richie's going to be wearing fishnet stockings tomorrow. That's... Did I miss something? <laughs> the answer to that is always yes. Um, so, well, you know, there's this whole business of Richie not so secretly being a crossdresser. Mm-hmm. But I get the feeling that Richie's been sort of a low-budget transvestite. Transvestite might be the wrong way to put it. Uh, I think he's. Over... I don't
2: think it's the wrong way.
0: Well, what is a tra- what is a transvestite? Uh, the I mean.
2: Well, what's a crossdresser, and then what's a transvestite? That's this... a good question.
1: There are two separate things, aren't they?
2: So what's it? The... Do you what like is... the
1: feel of angora?
2: So a crossdresser is someone. um, um...
1: He's an Ed Wood type of person.
2: Okay. Now, Ed Wood is not a transvestite?
1: No, he's a crossdresser.
2: Does transvestite have to do with sexuality? I believe so. Okay, so if you're a transvestite, that means.
0: I I do, but as I understand it, I do believe that, I read some study somewhere uh, that said that, this is the same study where they said that one in 40 men was a crossdresser. I, well, you know, I'm just, I'm making this up. It would be, if I plunge on ahead, it's just going to be me saying crap that I, that I don't know. Well, in any event. So, Richie sometimes likes to dress like a lady. So, All right, so
2: trans, being a transvestite is the practice of cross-dressing, which is wearing the clothes of the opposite sex. And the definition of cross-dressing is the act of wearing clothing commonly associated with another so gender. So, it's a bit of a gender. circular. So, it's kind of the same thing.
0: I, I believe that they are both for.
2: And then I with I the drag queen.
0: See, I don't know. It's all very... Well, whatever. We should get into the show business. We, <laughs> we should, should talk about it later. If you're a professional cross-dresser, you're a drag queen. Anyway, uh, so Richie's been sort of a low-budget cross-dresser until now. I get the feeling that most of his ladies' wardrobe just comes from Value Village and kind of like whatever he finds sitting in one of those for-free yeah, boxes like on the corner. Yeah, like a 70s
2: pattern moo-moo. The dress barn,
0: <laughs> <laughs> And not the same Mall 205, Tim Riley. Oh, no. Uh, so tomorrow... He, we're going to be getting, uh, we'll have a brief visit from our uh, our friends at Taboo Adult Video who are going to bring some lacy things for Richie to uh, to try on. This is sort of uh, in advance of. Are he going
2: to? He's going to be trying on lacy things in front of us. Well, not in front of
0: us. I mean, we'll have, we'll get a to a mirror will be we, up for. We'll get, <laughs> you'll have to hold up the beach towel. Um, but I guess at some point he's actually going to go out and they're going to film. They're going to do like a whole. A whole night of, like, giving him a transformation. But this is sort of a, a small taste of that tomorrow, I guess. It's all very. So they're
2: going to ha- help him dress like a woman.
0: I guess. It's all very. Let me play this. Sir, I'll play this, and then we'll go right into that. Uh, all right. This isn't in the system yet, Tim, but I, uh. Murrow, Cronkite,
3: Rather, Tim, Riley.
5: This is AM 970. Talker. It's time for the Rick Emerson Show's new news hour, only on AM 970, The Talker. And
1: now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Oh my, that is multiple work parts. Yeah, it's fantastic. It is.
0: All right, I'll get that put into the system later on.
1: So our uh, little visit today is brought to you by Lace Auto Collision Center's Finest Collision Repair. Go to Lafes.com and find out what Lace can do for you. Well, our first story comes to us from an eyewitness, and this is about a cemetery base thief being busted. This comes to us, I'll, I'll, I'll disguise his name, it's uh, Murphy. Murphy walks, uh, works across the street from a recycling center at Southeast 17th Avenue. Murphy, not his real name. Not his real name. Oh, okay. This morning, a stupid thief showed up to get money for the brass bases that were stolen from the cemetery. One of the employees of the recycling center, apparently the supervisor, told him he would have to come back for the cash and asked the stupid thief to come back at 10 (laughs) o'clock. Bring your ID. Uh The thief agreed. showed up on time to be greeted by Portland police officers. The thief was arrested and given a ride downtown. Excellent. Was he given a shiny new pair of bracelets, Tim Raddick? I suppose he was. Excellent. So you're going to get caught if you steal things from the cemetery. Stealing from the cemetery does seem fairly low. It I mean, really does. It really. I mean, it. It just
0: seems like you're. I'm not superstitious, but that seems like you're just begging for something bad to happen to you. Mm-hmm. Really. All right.
1: Uh, then three people were hurt when a driver veered across three lanes of the I-205 and rolled his car. Oleg Novichok was heading north on in I-205 in the far left lane when he darted across three lanes in an attempt to merge with I-84. Now let me run that by you <laughs> one more time. He's <laughs> heading north on I-205 in the far left lane, when he darts across three lanes in an attempt to merge onto I-84. There were six people inside uh, Nagachak's Lexus when he lost control and the car rolled. Witnesses estimated the car was traveling faster than 70 when it hit a barrier. Wait, so where was this? I-205. I, I... And then ends up on I-84. I'm trying to picture where that is. That was on the east side, would probably, know. So is that is that
0: near... Is that like before it splits up to go to the industrial district?
2: Wait, I-205 and I-84? I uh, two, yeah. he, he
0: was on 205. Northbound. And then, uh, no, and no, he's on northbound I-205. And then he cuts that's across. That's on the airport. Okay, yeah, all right, okay. Yeah. And then he cuts across all those lanes of traffic to get on the 84. Uh-huh. Oh, that's a bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, that'll let him badly.
1: A 19-year-old passenger in the front seat suffered serious and possibly life-threatening injuries. Two other uh, passengers were taken to Portland Adventurous Hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Choose your driver more carefully next time. Police don't believe alcohol is a factor, and they haven't ruled out the consumption of medication. Nugachek was arrested on charges of assault, reckless endangerment, reckless driving, and possession of a controlled substance. Then near the steel bridge on the Willamette River, a boat carrying two men and two young girls hit something in the water, causing all four to go overboard. The Sheriff's Department at the scene said the boat was spinning around and around out of control, causing the boat to hit a riverbank.
0: Can I tell you that there are few phrases that unnerved me more than hit something in the water. Yeah. Hit something in the water. They don't know what it was, and though. And the boat kept going around and around and around. God only knows what they hit in the water. It could have been
1: anything. One of the young gals and one of the adult males was carried off by a stretcher. who said the man was covered in blood. He was taken to a hospital. He has a broken leg stretcher. I barely knew her. Then a 14-year-old boy from Bend underwent emergency surgery yesterday to reattach his arm after a surfing accident in Pacific City.
6: Uh,
1: Let's see. uh, Cole Ortega was surfing with his 16-year-old sister and her boyfriend in 8- to 10-foot swells when he was struck by a dory boat returning to shore. Fellow surfers were able to recover the boy's arm and help the team to shore when two emergency room doctors happened to be walking by. Uh, tried to help them out. A fishing game trooper also happened to be in the area. He was able to carry the boy off the beach to a waiting ambulance. He was taken to Tillamook County General Hospital and airlifted to a manual. He's now uh, getting his arm reattached. I guess it must be over by now. Uh, Daryl Martin of uh, Beaverton was operating the dory boat. He's not being charged with anything. Due to the high surf and many surfers and uh, dory boats on the water, uh, the surfers are uh, asked to leave the ocean. Because
0: they could get hurt. I don't know what a dory boat is, but it sounds kind of, it sounds sort of small and Irish. Like it uh-huh. couldn't do you much. I mean, clearly it can do you harm, though. The, here, here's a funny thing. So I don't know what this was, uh, but uh, the, the TV was just sort of on at the house, and I caught just the end of a story, and I don't know what it was. It was on KGW, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but all yeah. I saw was it was a guy being interviewed, uh, and it was obviously some local uh, thing that had happened, some local uh, mishap. I don't think it was this. But it was a guy whose face was just covered in blood.
1: Oh, that's the guy who was uh, shot by the cops. Is that, Well, but he was sort of being interviewed and he was smiling. Yeah. And he was, true. and he
0: said, but here's what he was saying. He was, I, I have to. I hope I get this right. I, I don't want to misstate it, but I don't want to get a, a news story wrong. But his face was covered in blood and he was saying something like, other than that, it was a
1: pretty good day. Is that this guy? Let's see. It might be, well, let me uh, give you the story and see if okay. it sounds familiar. He's riddled with bullet scars, broken bones, and now he's speaking out about what happened when the police opened fire at him. Rocky Brown was shot in the cove after police said he tried to run over officers following a chase. Police followed Brown as he drove to his mother's house and watched carefully as he led his sister and her boyfriend out of the vehicle. What happened next depends on who you talk to. According to police, Brown turned his vehicle around and tried to run over the cops, who in turn opened fire because they feared for their lives, as they would. Uh, Brown has a different story. Said officers uh, shot at him after he parked the mother's car in his mother's yard and shut off the engine. I know damn well I wasn't trying to threaten them. None of them were in my path. The one thing both sides agree on is this could have been avoided if Brown, who admits to being drunk that night, had stopped when police told him to. And he parked the car where? Uh, In front of his mother's house, apparently. In the
0: yard, did you say?
1: Yeah. He says, I made a mistake. I I don't think I deserve to get all shot up. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's just a funny phrase. Uh-huh. So he was drunk mm-hmm. and driving. Yes. According to the story, I want to make sure I get the facts right. Mm-hmm. So was he was he intoxicated while driving?
1: No, charges have been filed in that regard. Okay,
0: but he admits to being drunk.
1: Uh, he admits, uh, yes, he was drunk that night. All right, he was drunk. So and police didn't take a breathalyzer, apparently.
0: But at some other point in the story, he was driving?
1: Yes.
2: Wait, so the police just didn't take a breathalyzer?
1: No, oh, that doesn't look that way, no.
0: I'm very unclear about this whole thing. So he was driving, we know that, and then, we, and then he also said he was drunk. I'm just saying, this is just my take on it. This is just my interpretation protected by the First Amendment. That sounds like drunk driving. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. And then he parked the car on his mother's lawn, which I think tells us what we need to know. So, well, all right, and then he got, quote, all shot up. All shot up. Did he, Did he admit to just not doing what the cops told him to do? Yes. Well, there you go. Cop tells you to do something, you do if out of simple self-preservation. If nothing else, oh man, you know what I heard uh, uh, this weekend? Where, where was it? It was um, not on Lycus. It was something. I was it was I It was like a. Uh, it, it was some show where they were playing that fantastic tasering from about a year and a half ago. Where was, me, bro no no it wasn't even that one it was it was an old school taser it was where the woman gets pulled over by the cop and the, she's on the cell phone to her friend
1: oh i remember that and yeah, she's all and then a top.
0: cop pulled me over and he's walking up hold on a second you know hold on a second lucinda let me talk to the cop and then the cop says ma'am will you please hang and you hear the cop going will you please hang up the phone mm-hmm. and she won't she just ignores the cop and she's like she's like anyway so uh, well there's a cop he wants to talk to me and he's like you know if you don't like, you know, knock it off. Like, you got to get out of the car because he she was doing something. Anyway, at one point, the cop just tells her, mm. like, if you don't cooperate, I'm going to tase you right now. And she actually, you hear her telling the woman on the phone, I don't know. He just says if I don't cooperate, he's going to tase me. And, like, she won't even. And then the next thing you hear is like that. Uh, and then she's just flopping around like a trout on a riverbank. It's mm. so deeply satisfying. All right. Uh, well, let's take a couple of calls, shall we? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show.
4: Hey Rick, I got a little addition to the story you just said about the uh, the guy that got hit by the boat, the surfer? Yes, sir. Well, you turn that into a Darwin watch because I was there.
0: Well, and hold on a second. Let's back up. So, uh, this let's let's be very clear that we have no way of knowing whether your whether your story uh, is true. This is simply uh, something that you are claiming. We have no uh we have no proof as to the veracity of your call. Let's be very clear about that. We have no way of knowing whether what you're about to say is true or not.
1: We have not checked the facts.
0: We have not checked the facts. This is simply a call that is being uh, taken on the air that could be true. It could be wildly inaccurate.
4: Let's do it. So, yeah, uh, he the, right, we saw that that happened, that the surfer got hit. But the, the thing that makes that a Darwin watch is that half an hour earlier, about 30 minutes earlier, a different boat hit a different surfer. And we saw that happen. Wait, so this is
0: twice? So I, I thought it was going to be about the behavior of the surfer. But so this is twice—two surfers, two different boats, same place.
4: Exactly. Within about an hour of each other. Therefore, the second one I would say would be a darn watch because <laughs> be, if you're, you know,
0: because maybe you should have had the heads up a little bit. Yeah.
4: There you go. So
0: boats are the new boats are the new rolling logs.
4: So yeah, but then the first one wasn't so serious, but the boat did hit. You know, the the he kind of turned and. The side of the boat hit a surfer,
5: uh, uh. and then
4: you know it was, it was okay, you know, little scuff, whatever. But then they just they continued surfing and they continued boating. And a different boat, the other boat came in and actually rolled over a few people. That's
0: like a story we have last week about that guy that fell into a running propeller.
1: All right, thank you, sir. <laughs> have a good one. Bye now. All right, here's Tim Riley. So a woman is mauled by a large dog after its owner has a heart attack and dies. This oh. happened in Southeast. Big dog attacks a southeast woman over the weekend, and the dog's owner had no way of stopping him because he was dead. So the animal control people go over to the south at southeast 70th and Flavel to find the dog's owners dead. Oh. He died of a heart attack. Now, the dog is a 150-pound Great Dane slash bull mastiff mix named Buddha. They found Buddha. Seems really seems really inappropriately named. Buddha is found sitting by his uh, dead owner. Uh, just uh, moments before that, Buddha attacked Jen Scott. As she went out of her home at Southeast 70th and Flavel, two other people tried to help Scott, including her neighbor Justina, who said Buddha attacked her and another per- person as well. Uh, so the friend calls on 911 and said when Buddha started to attack, he just stood up on his hind legs and just ripped her by the arm. Uh, and this woman's in bad shape. She, is, uh, she was covered with a blanket and bloody and kept saying, I'm going to pass out. She was pale and this dog absolutely mauled her. Kendra went to a three-hour-long surgery at OHSU last night, and her injuries are severe. Buddha has been placed in custody of animal control. Oh, Buddha. No word yet on what will happen to Buddha.
0: No way to be zen with that, Tim Riley. No. All right.
1: Buddha say your liver
0: very tasty. All
1: right. That was be...
0: I'm sorry. I'm just... Bu- dog
2: mowing to... scare the crap out of oh, me. Oh, no. You see crazy, I see crazy dogs in Southeast all the time. There's a
0: crazy dog... That's where they're from. There's, there's a crazy dog... Um, I'll just put it this way. Near my house. Yeah. Uh, I won't say who owns it. Uh, I'm just saying somewhere in the vicinity of my home, there is a crazy dog and a dog that, you know, is a future headline. You know mm. that it's, you're going to see the dog being taken out of the house in handcuffs, trying to cover its face with a sport coat. Uh,
2: not me. My no. friend is a bartender and he rides his bike home by this, and he has to go a certain route um, from like Hawthorne to Powell. And every night, there's this dog. He's had to kick the dog in the face to, like, save himself. Wow. (laughs) Because the dog will lunge at him as he's riding his bike by, and it's like either I slow down the dog rips my leg off. wait, where is the... It's right near the e-room.
0: No, but I mean, is is it... That sounds like the dog is roaming the streets, though.
2: It looks he's. It's always in the same area, so he thinks that it belongs to somebody there who just isn't. But he can't tell. But is it he's completely
0: run... untethered and just running around the yeah, neighborhood? Yeah, I
2: mean it has a collar on it, but he doesn't want to get close enough to see the collar because the dog. Let is me is inspect your collar. Him. Yeah, seriously.
0: Uh, there, no, there's a dog somewhat near my house that you just know they're gonna find it with it. They're gonna find it, uh, you know, like clutching a baby's foot at some point. You just, it's just, it's a given. Um, uh, by the way, speaking of that, speaking of dogs, so I was um just taking Max for a walk, and did you ever do this? Did you ever get a uh, what with our massive uh, fame and all. Uh, do you ever get uh, spotted by somebody and they recognize you and you realize that it's the worst you've ever looked in your life? That you you really are in no position to be seen by anybody? So I was taking Max for a walk and I was just... Uh, you know, and I'm like, I'm wearing, I, I think literally a shirt that had like a big, like, cheese stain down the front of it. <laughs> like I had spilled something on my, on my shirt while eating. Like, I think I'd been eating... Like a piece of pizza or something, and it, like at one point the pizza had just fallen onto my shirt, and I, I thought, well, no point in cleaning that. My wife's gone. Oh, I'll, uh, I'll just leave it there for a while. And I have like, these bad sort of Adidas, like track shorts, and like my shoes are all untied, my haven't shaved, I'm all spotty, and I'm just, oh, I'll take Max for a walk. And so what I, it's like clockwork. It's like I made it happen. So I'm standing here with my poodle, just looking like a retard anyway. And a woman, a woman just walks by and she goes, "I love your show." And I'm like, oh God, no. Um,
2: I was at a bar last night and somebody just came up to me and they're like, "White wheat sourdough English puff and bagel." And that's it, and they just
0: walked away. Did you look presentable
2: though? I did, I did because I was go. going to a show. So
0: yeah, so there's a dog going in, in near my house that just I, it, it, the dog terrifies me. It really does. I mean. So it's it's sort of a primal thing. The dogs are just kind of, you know, the barking dog is not good under the best of circumstances, but especially when you know it's a dog that could easily kill you. All right, here's Tim Riley.
1: Well, on his third attempt, Daredevil Kent Couch has traveled 235 miles from Bend to Cambridge, Idaho, in his lawn chair carried only by 160 helium balloons. The lawn chair pilot says it's the best way to see America. Nope, my pump must be down. It's the best way to see America. It's actually coming in a diplomatic pouch. Nothing? Nothing? Nothing. 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 Said on the NBC telecast yesterday. Who is that? Okay, that's... Oh,
2: there we go. That's you,
0: Tim.
1: He said it's the best way to see America.
0: I think... Try a different
1: cut. Please stand by.
0: One moment, please.
1: It's in PC.
7: NPC. Hmm.
2: Uh... This isn't PC
1: at
7: all. <laughs> is your uh, volume on your computer turned up? My volume? Right. In no wind or no nothing. Oh, okay. All right, there
0: we go. I think the volume That's the familiar up. hum. He's He's oh, surprised. I hear it. Oh, the hum is back.
2: I can
1: hear it. Hey, Matt Green, the hum is back. Listen. Who doesn't like a good hum every once in a while? The hum is back. And the lawn chair pilot says it's the best way to see America. Oh, man, you
7: got to see the country I see. There's no other way to see Oregon but through a lawn chair. It's just like sitting in your backyard. That's how comfortable it is.
1: He is a 48-year-old gas station owner who had a little fun in his life. He sailed into the blue Saturday morning and reached 10,000 feet over Idaho's wiser river valley about nine hours later. He spooked the cattle in a farmer's field and settled on the ground around 4 p.m. Sunday. His first attempt in 2006 ended when Cooch was forced to parachute to safety. Last year's trial only got him as far as Union County, Oregon, and that chair with all its belongings then floated away. It was later found to return. Cooch said he may attempt another lawn chair flight in Australia, only if his wife says okay. You can't even
7: really feel anything going on. You know, I can go up and down, and I was going up to 50 miles an hour, and I never, I never felt a thing. Didn't know wind or no nothing.
0: It'd be nice if that hum was louder.
7: I
2: don't think it's
0: I'm quite... gonna
1: try the other pot here,
0: Thank you. I don't think it's quite loud enough. Can you try a sound bite there, Tim?
2: I sure can. Oh man,
0: yeah we to... go. So it's just that channel. Yeah. It's not it's... even what channel is that? It's Remote Two. All right. Nice. Remote Two? Remote Two. Remote Two Remote Two. Uh... <sighs> Alright. Hi, the Family Car. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
1: Hi. hey, hey.
4: um yeah. is there a guy named Steely Dan? Uh, what do or is you mean? that just the name of
0: the band? That is the name of the band. Uh Steel well, the band with the fam and the oscillating uh steely dan is the name of a band it's also the name of a steam powered uh marital aid in william burrow's book the naked lunch which is where they got the name
4: oh because i was watching tv last night and there was an infomercial on for different bands of the 70s mm-hmm. there's a guy in that band who's quite possibly the ugliest man on earth
0: uh it's either oh either walter becker or donald fagan one of the two uh are they yeah, like number
4: one and two in terms of ugliest man on earth or
0: Uh no, well those are the two guys in Steely Dan. I mean, they're sort of the band. Uh but I uh who was hosting the infomercial?
4: I don't remember. It was late, but the guy's head looked like a gourd. It was big at the top and skinny in the middle.
0: <laughs> His head looked like a gourd. Wait, hold yeah. on. Now I got to look them up. Hold on a second. I got to yeah, see which it, one it is. Here's the thing. It, I detest Steely Dan, so I try never to look them up in any way, but hold on, let me look here. Just a second. Um. Yeah, that is. I see the guy you're talking about. I just don't know which one he is. Hold on a second. Now, now I have to find out. Okay, so I'm gonna look it up. One second I, here. Go ahead. Sarah. I
4: was, I was laughing to tears because I looked at him and thought that is the ugliest person I've ever seen in my life.
0: That's a, that's a broad statement. Well, look at
7: him. <laughs> I mean, just look at him. Like a sword. He looks uh, like a gourd with teeth.
0: Hold on a second. Now, I can't find a picture of, Wal- of Walter Becker. Becker. Walter Becker? Uh, and Donald Fagan is the other one. Hold on a second. Somebody will... Uh, one, we're just going to drag this out as long as we can. Hi, um, Sarah. Hello. Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, he's not... <laughs> see, I, can't find, I can't find pictures of, e- of either of them. I mean, I only see pictures of them together. They me, might be banned in the United States. I think States. it's Walter Becker. Sarah, do, do you have a picture of yeah, Walter Yeah, I'm trying
2: to Becker? find the bigger one. I
0: think that's Walter Becker. Yeah, he's one of the two guys. No, they're hideous. They're oh, hideous.
2: He's, he's pretty unpleasant. Let
0: me see here.
3: Yeah, that's it. Ugh.
0: Yeah, they're hideous and they make terrible music.
2: Uh, you should do top five ugliest people on earth. That? <laughs> Ever? Or ugliest musicians?
0: I like ugliest musicians. That's going to narrow it down. There's this guy in my neighborhood who's flat out screamingly hideous. Uh, all right, top... ugliest musicians. Got it. Done and done. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, bye. All right, there you go. Musicians, all right. Ugly purveyors of soft rock. Uh, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Is this me? Yes, it
1: is. Hello, sir.
9: Hey. Um. A million years ago, I used to be a commercial fisherman, and we ran dories off Pacific City. And you'd you you were not sure what a dory boat is. I guess the best way to describe it is picture a ocean-going drift boat. Uh huh. It, it's kind of that basic shape, usually. 20 to 25 feet at the very most, and that is like the one place in Oregon that you actually launch. And uh, it's like Pacific City is like a giant boat ramp for these boats. And you know, I'm all for the surfers and everything, but you know, they've been launching boats off there since the dawn of time. And and so I kind of can't help but wonder the surfers have got to know there's a certain amount of risk uh, surfing right there when you've got boats that. Basically, in order to get on shore far enough that you can then put your boat back on the trailer and everything, right. you're, kind of, you're kind of surfing with your boat. I mean, you're catching a good wave and you're riding it in with your boat at mostly full throttle just so you can get far enough up on the beach when the uh, wave recedes that then you can back your truck and trailer and, down without taking a bath. And
0: so where is this on the Oregon coast? Like, where, where is this? What what city would it be near?
9: Roughly at south of Tillamook. That'd be, uh, it's kind of. In, in its own little. Area, well, but it's it's south of it
0: seems like you know the, the way to handle this. I mean, not like we have a lot of surfing activity off the coast. Is just to handle it the way that Southern California does, which is there are stretches of beach that are labeled swimming only, no surfing, surfing only, no swimming, or boating, no swimming or surfing. In other words, you take a stretch of beach and you label it for one specific activity.
1: There are dog beaches too. Yeah, or dog beaches. Yeah, you said sort of hunting nothing else, beach, which so. only. No. Well, that's kind of my
9: point. I mean, the, you know, the dory fishermen have been using that beach since their, I think they've had dories. Yeah. And then, so the surfers have got to know. That you know you've got these big huge things of wood and metal and spinning props coming at you, which <laughs> Just is like really a bad right?
0: a recipe for disaster, sir. Yeah, it's kind of like surfing in the middle of I five. At some <laughs> point, you are going to
1: have a problem.
0: <laughs> All right, thank you, my friend.
1: Bye. Ah, uh, genius. Here's Tim Riley. Thirteen are injured in Pamplona's running of the balls. Bulls, I should say. <laughs> devils uh, kicked off the running of the bills to bulls today with a long, messy and dangerous dash across the streets of Pamplona. Thirteen people are injured, but none gored. It's a half-mile sprint through cobblestone streets, turning chaotic because a pack of six half-ton beasts become separated early in the route after plowing into crowds of people. I... It's fun for all ages. Uh, who
0: uh, who, who plays
1: for the insurance? I, I don't know the
0: answer to that. I mean, if you're gored during the running of the bulls, your insurance company, I think, has every right to tell you to go F yourself. Yeah, why wouldn't they? Get bent. Uh, so what, here's a question. Are the uh, You can tell where I rank humanity and the scale of things I care about. What happens to the bulls during this thing? Are they injured as well? Is this one of those things where the bulls are like, at the end of the at the end of it, they don't get put into an arena with a matador or something, do they? I don't think so. So, I mean, the bulls run down the street. It just seems like the bulls would inevitably be injured because they're running down a crowded city street,
1: right? Only one died so far, but that's after you falling 30 yards from an ancient wall. A bull a or a person? A person. Well, F them. Who cares? <laughs> Seriously, who cares?
0: Um, uh, So, I, yeah, I don't know. You know... If your life is so dull... Only 14 people have died since 1924. Oh, I wish it was more. I just really... I, there's just something phenomenally irritating about that running of the bulls thing. I don't know why. It bugs the living hell out of me. Uh, you know, so...
1: How about jumping into a sea of piranha? That's... Or people of dory but, bulls.
0: But see, if somebody did that, if somebody did, like, a, you know, swimming with the sharks year, you know, or did, you know, jumping into a, a, a running combine year, everybody would think it was stupid. Yeah. Uh, but I think because it takes place in or a log it, shredder, because it is exactly swimming with big hundred ton logs day be, because it takes place in Europe. I think we're supposed to think that it's like sophisticated. Yeah. Right. Isn't that the deal? It takes place in Europe. So it's not dumb. It's cultural. It's really just stupid. If people were doing this in, oh, I don't know, Kansas, we'd have them locked up. I mean, that would be evidence that you were clinically retarded.
1: There is one ruptured spleen reported. Oh, that's great. But that, it's a Spaniard who lives there.
0: You think that if you lived there, I view the running of the bulls as a thing that dumb American tourists go to do. I wouldn't think that actually the people from Spain, who I I, I guess would sort of see this and realize exactly what a dumb idea it is. Sponsor by Starbucks. (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, there you go. Let's do one more and then we'll take a break.
1: All right. Well, the IHOP turns 50 years old today. When's the last time you've been to the IHOP? Wait. I went to... uh,
0: It's been probably 15 years. I went to an IHOP... And had chocolate chip pancakes, which are terrible. Uh, everything
1: but, there is terrible. People continue to go there.
0: In fact, it was all. I, it's longer than that, which I was a teenager. So I would take probably 20 years, and I ordered, I'm not much of a fan of sweet stuff, but I ordered chocolate chip pancakes just because I'd never been to an IHOP before. Uh, and it seemed just so insane that I wanted to try it, and then it wasn't very good.
1: It's the noisiest place on earth. Yeah,
0: no, and everybody, everything you touch is sticky. In an IHOP, everything you touch has cut maple syrup, like, all over it.
1: Except for the boysenberry, which is gross. I don't really like maple syrup. Really? kind
2: of grosses me out, yeah.
0: What, what, you mean, have you ever had, I'm turning into a New Englander, have you ever had real maple mm-hmm. syrup?
2: I still, I've, I've never, I'm not really a fan of like, super syrupy sweet things to begin with. Yeah. So even if I have pancakes, I just eat them with butter.
0: Where do you fall down on the big waffles versus pancakes question? Hmm.
2: I don't eat either of them very much. I think I would probably like pancakes, though. I think I like the
1: texture a little better. Jim Riley, waffles or pancakes? Pancakes only because they're easy to clean up after. Waffle irons are a mess. And the
2: waffle, with waffles, it's really hard to measure the, the butter-to-waffle ratio because Ritch- they get stuck in the squares.
1: Richie Bristol, pancakes or waffles?
2: Waffles.
0: Pancakes. All right. I'm the lone waffle enthusiast here. Waffle. Waffles I like, are okay. I love waffles. I mean, I, I'm with you. Cleaning the waffle iron sucks. Uh, so if somebody else makes them, I mean, that's a lot easier.
2: I never made waffles.
0: Oh, they're fantastic. Here's the great thing about waffles. Waffles are like, it's like eating a high-tech pancake. That's really what it's like. It's got like individual pockets where you know, to hold to hold the syrup and butter, and, and they're less messy uh, and they're more crisp typically. And I'm a big fan of crisp things.
1: All right, uh, uh, Patrick uh, Winora the IHOP is very proud of the five decades. We celebrate 50 years since our founding, and
7: really just a handful of restaurant companies are able to reach that milestone.
1: How did you get in the pancake business?
7: They visited this location on a weekend, saw lines out the door, and actually offered to buy the restaurant. From the owner, but he didn't have an interest in selling. So they thought, you know what? Let's go start our own restaurant that is based off of a large variety of pancakes.
0: Now, is it truly international? Did they call it the International House of Pancakes even when it was only in America? And is it only in
1: America? Oh, no, it's in Canada, Mexico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands.
0: So it truly is a house of pancakes that is international.
1: As long as it's outside the U.S., yes. All right, they have 1,300 restaurants in 49 states. Genius. All right, we should take a break here. We'll come back. Uh, More news around the corner later on. Seeing a radio
0: correspondent, James Roop. Uh, It's the worst song you've ever heard. Top five clown songs. Uh, And uh, so forth. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. the Rick Emerson radio program. It is Monday, July 7th. Are we getting these light bulbs fixed at some point? They've been ordered. Really?
2: Yeah, that's what the light bulb did was coming this morning.
0: That didn't really happen. I it's guess n- it's
2: not so much morning it's anymore. It's no
0: longer this morning. It might still be at the, uh, the light bulb desk in New York. So of um, the uh, of the lights here in the studio, fully half of them are burnt out. It's not an exaggeration, half of them are now burnt out,
1: yep, there's more light in here than usual
0: because we have these weird shop lights that we had uh that day that they were measuring my fat Richie filming and, and whatnot yeah, and Richie and Matt hooked up all these shop lights in here, which are great, except I'm almost certain they're a fire hazard, so yes more you than know, than so <laughs> and they're right next to a dry wooden roof, you know, like the ceiling of this is just made out of uh dust and and like dried teak wood, so you know. Be here shrieking pain at some point. That's that's what that's about. Here's Tim Riley.
1: Supporters of marijuana legalization kicked out a signature campaign today that proposes redirecting money into Oregon's general fund for allowing marijuana to be sold in retail stores. This is the Cannabis Tax Act twenty ten. Uh the OLCC would be tasked with uh, managing this program. That's who you want
0: in charge of it, is the OLCC. That's exactly who you want running something like this.
1: So apparently they want you to be able to go into, say, uh, plant pantries and, like, some uh, chicklets and some pot, please. <laughs> uh, they need to gather a minimum of 82,769 valid signatures by the deadline of 9 p.m. July 2nd, 2010. Can I ask you a question? So an initiative,
0: this is like a how-bill-becomes-a-law b- thing, the i am just a bill sitting on Capitol hill deal. So, what what is the road from initiative to law? Then it goes to a ballot. And then the, we the people vote on it?
1: Yes, we the people. Mm. For the most part.
0: So, what are the odds? Do you think they can get 82,000 signatures to put it on the ballot?
1: In Oregon, sure.
0: And then and then it would go.
1: See, it just makes me tired even thinking. Look, here's. But this is a long way away. I mean, it's really going to lose its buzz. No pun intended. Yeah. By yeah. July 2nd, 2010. 2010. Wait,
0: so they have until 2010 to. To get the signatures?
1: Right. It'll be presented to Oregonians for a vote november twenty ten well, that 's not that far away that 's only i mean that 's two years basically yeah. but uh,
0: the, the thing this, the whole thing just makes me tired because you know I am a small l libertarian, so obviously whatever you want to do, everything ought to be legal drugs and so forth but but here 's but here's why it makes me tired even to think about it because they 're going to gather the eighty two thousand signatures then it 's going to get on the on the ballot then everybody 's going to vote, and in portland that 'll probably pass, yeah. but then it will just immediately be blocked by some sort of nutcase injunction. And then it'll just then it'll just be 15 years of fighting about it. So in the meantime, everybody will just continue to buy their drugs however they, the way they The thing about it is conservatives really ought to be all for this because it's just more tax money.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, it's
1: just more revenue.
0: So, well, whatever. I don't, I don't really care. Here's Tim Riley.
1: So anyway, a 57-year-old Clayton County Georgia man from Pakistan is facing charges of murdering his daughter because she wanted out of an arranged marriage. Apparently, uh, Shahui Rashad became angry with 25-year-old Sadia Kamwal during an argument over the weekend. Jack Hanna, a neighbor, not probably Jack Hanna, Jack Hanna, said the victim appeared to be a religious woman.
4: And I saw the young lady on several occasions. She's always dressed in a traditional Muslim wear.
1: Uh, Shahid Malik of the the Pakistani-American community says, contrary to popular belief, most arranged marriages are good. I think tell you. 90% arranged merits are good. So apparently this one was not good. It
0: is the religion of
1: peace, Tim. It is the religion of peace. So getting back to uh, more important things. No injuries reported after Barack Obama's plane made an unscheduled landing in St. Louis this morning. The presidential nominee says this is a first for him.
5: Everything seemed under control. The pilots knew
1: what they were doing. Yes, the MDA made a safe landing after experiencing mechanical issues. The plane was en route from Chicago to Charlotte, North Carolina at the time. It was forced to make the landing. Obama was scheduled to deliver a speech on the economy in Charlotte. Uh, Barack is asked if he went through a similar situation on an aircraft before. Not yet. So this is the first
0: one. <laughs> These satellites are all really funny and short. Uh-huh. They're all like a second and a half long. Yeah. All right.
1: And the flight attendant told people on the flight that something was happening to the plane. Oh, that's what you want to hear, uh-huh. by the way.
5: Something's not working the way it's supposed to be. Uh-huh. Yeah, Make sure you tighten your seatbelt.
0: Well, uh, that's a, you know as I think we've said before, I watch the stewardesses on the plane uh, to see exactly how I'm supposed to behave. If they're walking around and offering people packets of nuts or whatever it is that you offer at this point, then I'm I'm fine. As soon as I see them buckling themselves see them in, belting
2: themselves in that's, in, that's it.
0: Can I just tell you this? Can I? I I have this recurring nightmare that I sort of look back and I see one of the stewardesses crossing herself. I mean that's it. That's when you just let your bowels go because there's just no point. So hey, when did they stop serving peanuts on airplanes? I, I, do,
1: was, was it recently? I
0: retract that question. I'm going to retract it right now because it sounds like stupid observational comedy. I'm just saying, that's what they always used to give you on planes, right?
2: One day they had peanuts, the next day they switched to those pretzels. crappy little pretzels. And things. it's almost like
1: five pretzels and they're miniature, and they're never any good and they're always stale.
2: And they're super dry, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, the just, grossest one are cinnamon salted pretzels. Ugh. That, why don't they just cook them with marmalade? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Tim. The idea of cinnamon salted pretzel. Uh, see, the thing is, that
0: actually sounds like it might be good, but it, you're saying it's not. No, it's horrendous. It was All like right.
2: those cinnamon sun chips that they were trying to. Hop. Oh,
0: those are awful. The cinnamon so sun wrong. chips.
2: The texture just doesn't go along. Uh, with you know
0: cinnamon. what those cinnamon sun chips are? If you are a Taco Time enthusiast, and I am, uh, those are crustos. That's exactly what those are. Those are crustos from Taco Time, but not as good. Uh yeah. All right. Well, in any event, blah, 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 pretzels, peanuts, blah, blah, blah. What is the deal? Blah, blah, blah. Here's Tim Riley.
1: Hey, I'm on the Amtrak on the way back the other day. Do they give you snacks on the Amtrak? They do not, but they came around. This toothless Amtrak guy <laughs> came around making the announcement. If anybody wanted to buy headphones, to to watch a movie from Sissy Spacek. Sissy Spacek. Uh-huh. So the Sissy Spacek movie, it turned out it was pretty good. It was a made-for-TV Hallmark movie. Of course it was. Uh, And I never saw it before, but it it was okay. I mean, it it beats looking at the junkyard in Vancouver. (laughs) Did you ever see the Amtrak stop in Vancouver? No. It stops at a dump. (laughs) Just in case you'd like to get a souvenir from your trip to to Vancouver. you stop at a mountain of rubble <laughs> where there are people who are just moving one mountain of rubble and the next mountain of rubble, and you sit there wondering, what do they do with this stuff? It doesn't look like any of the stuff is moving.
0: <laughs> Man. Fantastic. Well, someday, Tim, they'll be replaced by an army of robots, so I wouldn't worry about that. Hey, here's a question. Are there landfills in Portland? Like an actual land is
1: like. Well, Saint John's has a
0: dump. (laughs) (laughs) Insert joke here. Um, The but I mean that's what I mean. Like a place where you can just go dump all your crap.
1: People dump it beside the highway (laughs) or leave it in their houses (laughs) for the most part. That's been my experience.
0: I got this whole garage full of stuff Mm -hmm. that I can't sell. You bring it to the dump. That's so there is a dump. There is a big hole in the ground where I can dump things.
1: You know, it. You don't see the hole, but you dump it in these garages that. Appliances here. Methamphetamine labs here. Chucky cars here. Well, not Chucky cars. They they go further up. But it's in Saint John's, up of uh, Saint Helen's Uh Route 30. Because I got a bunch of stuff. Here's what I, I have: things you like take anything. I have things like uh,
0: two living room speakers for my old stereo, but they don't work anymore. It's uh, like, what do you do with that? You, you can't just put it. it. Well. Okay, but but I mean, but I but I I could take it to go, but I don't think they work. That's the thing. No. I think they are unwork. They are non-functional. Uh, I have this, I have a, let's see, what the hell, I have something Something stupid, it's like a broken, Jesus, I don't remember what it is, it's like a broken futon frame or something. But It's like too big to go out with the trash, uh-huh. but it's like, you know, but you can't put it on the corner and say take, because no one will take it. So there is a... Not even in your dog. yard? <laughs> maybe. I guess I should give it a try.
2: Seriously, you totally should, because some girl who moved out of my apartment left all of her crap in like the foyer area, and I just let it sit there for a month. And I'm it was like, all you know, gone? Yeah, I'm like, you know what? I Maybe I should just put this on. I put it on the corner. Literally, the entire box, it was a huge moving box full of clothes and garbage.
0: Maybe I will do
1: that, then. Every, it just was gone your, in a day. Just take your cardboard a Furniture store. <laughs> <laughs> with like a backward yeah. F. Yeah. <laughs> little rascal son. <side. laughs> Take if want.
0: Uh, humans are really just like ants, though, so yeah. maybe they will. I should do that as like a social experiment. Mm-hmm. Just big piles of garbage that are just completely unusable, but that look like they might kind of be functional if you fix them a little bit. That's what humans are suckers for. Yes. Something that looks like, well, with a little work, this would be a perfectly good Stairmaster, or whatever. And it's clearly yeah. something that's...
3: On
1: and on and on. What? I don't know. I don't know what that was supposed Look to be. Look over there. Here's mm-hmm. Tim Riley. Oh, I know. I, I had the wrong story here. So let's go back and uh, try to make some sense out of this. At least I had this somewhere. Earlier. <laughs> Wait, hold on. You can just get uh, no, okay. your first set. day back from vacation. Uh, Are you ready? Well, you don't know happened. No, I am ready. I, usually I, I have my stacks in certain areas.
0: Yes. They were all cleared away. Oh, yeah. Did Timmy Ryan, uh, did, I think some of that may be up in my office. It might not be his fault. No, yeah. I'm
1: not blaming Timmy. He did a fine job. Yeah. Of, People love Timmy Ryan. They, uh, you know, he, We're happy we have a services here. He
0: can be, you know what, I know that there are people who are, as they say, uh, again him, uh, but uh, but I'm a fan. and uh, I think I'm a fan, too. He brings a certain, his own kind of flair to the show. Um, I'll just read this one. This one says, um, this email says, this is from uh, uh, Gay Bob, who says, stop to the Timmy Ryan bashing. Uh, to all of your A-hole listeners who don't like Timmy Ryan, I would like to say go F yourselves. Timmy is very funny and kind of hot looking. All right. There you go.
1: Thanks, Bob. Oh, great. That's what Timmy needs to hear. Yeah. Uh, here's Tim Riley. So Madonna has reached an exclusive statement uh, to People magazine denying she's divorcing Guy Ritchie or having an affair with Yankee star Alex Rodriguez. In it, she says, my husband and I are not planning on the divorce. I know Alex Rodriguez through Guy O'Seri, who manages both of us. I brought my kids to a Yankee game. I am not romantically involved in any way with Alex Rodriguez. I have nothing to do with the state of the marriage or spiritual path he may choose to study. Now, Alex Rodriguez's wife, Cynthia, blames the rumored affair for the demise of her marriage to the slugger. Apparently, he's being brainwashed by Kabbalah. Wait, now, how can you blame a rumored
0: affair for something?
1: Yeah, that is strange. Like it
0: either happened or it didn't. Is she saying that it did happen? Or is she just saying, like, well, the stress of the rumors is just so much, give me half your stuff. I mean, is that? Uh, it's it's hard. To, I can't. You really, can't
2: put that in the legal doc, document, can you?
0: I can't really follow the thread of what's happening here. So yeah. I wonder if this is just my take. You wonder if she just if she just figures this is her shot at getting fifty percent, and so she goes, eh,
1: Madonna. Yeah. So now Madonna's brother is putting out a book, and I guess he's making the talk show circuit. Nothing really new in here. I guess he will talk about her rocky marriage to actor Sean Penn. Yeah. the
0: The, the book by Madonna's brother seems really anticlimactic, especially because. I mean, you got to figure. Don't you do this when you look at the New York Post or uh, the Sun or any of those? You figure that they have boiled it all down and they've stripped out all the really juicy anecdotes you want to know, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, sources say the book will reveal such bombshells as, and then you know, and then they, they bullet point like the seven or eight like the juiciest things from the book. Mm-hmm. And really, the best they could come up with in the Sun was that she once kids to, uh, like made out with Gwyneth Paltrow at a party. I mean, that's it. So anyway. And I have to say this: I love Madonna, I really do. But the thing about uh, about what's his name, uh, A Rod, as they call him, uh, him and Madonna, it just doesn't—it rings false to me somehow. Because it just—it just, it just see, Madonna is not the person that you'd lose your fifty percent over at this point. Alex Rodriguez, yeah, I yeah. don't,
2: I don't believe it to be true.
0: I mean, he plays for the Yankees. I mean, it, it, it seems like. I hate to say, it, I but mean, it seems he's like he's not that pretty. Seems like it seems like he you would be, can do better. Yeah, right? that's mm-hmm. see, and I hate to say that because it makes me sound Even like a jerk.
2: It no. It doesn't mean like a billionaire. <laughs> Screw that guy. <laughs>
1: All right. So a collaboration between Britney Spears and Madonna may be in the works. A Britney Spears insider says the singers considering doing a video piece for Madonna's tour. The video would reportedly play on a jumbo screen while Madonna is on stage. Earlier reports from the Sun suggested Madonna had invited Spears to perform with her throughout the uh, tour in hopes of helping Spears make a comeback. Well, a Britney insider says those claims are false. People lie all the time, really. Uh, so uh, what do people on the streets of New York think about the uh, Madonna uh, rumors going on anyway?
8: Not on and on and on and 50 times a day, you know. <laughs> it's always part of the news if it's a five-minute news or a half-hour news, you know.
1: And it's so hot. Meanwhile... While there have been no reports of serious problems in Seattle, America's emergency physicians see problems nationwide in what's being called emergency room psychiatric boarding. That means making psychiatric patients wait up to 24 hours for lack of resources. The American College of Emergency Physicians just did a nationwide survey of the problem. Dr. Linda, the group's president, says... Long waits can make
8: psychiatric symptoms even worse than they are. A lack of access to psychiatric care is creating a dangerous situation for psychiatric patients and this sounds like a phone greeting. patients in general.
0: If, if you are having a mental collapse, please press 1. If you are seeing demons telling you to kill your child, press 2. If you are hearing multiple voices in your head and they're all speaking different languages, please press 3.
1: Dr. David Mendelson, the author of this study, says the long rates uh, cause even more problems for psychiatric patients. While these patients are boarded, their care rarely involves a psychiatric specialist. The environment of a busy emergency
7: department may actually exacerbate their mental symptoms rather than provide the care they need.
0: These all sound like those things you used to be able to call. It was called dial a nurse, uh-huh. uh, where you could we call. We still have it. CBS has it. What? Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. Like for our insurance or something? Uh huh. Where do you call up and you're like, if you're experiencing a rash, press one. I never called it, but we do have it. Wait, is it it a recording? Yes. And so you call up different ailments. You call, you know, you press cancer, press three, and then you hear a whole thing about what is cancer. Well. (laughs) And then I hear like the fifties, the Donna Reed music playing in the background. Cancer. A presentation of CBS Health. (laughs) Um, Well, now I almost want to call it. Uh, and just to see, because it, when I, in Candorwick, uh when I was growing up, you used to be able to, um, in the blue pages, you could uh, call the dial-a-nurse, and you would dial call it up, and, there were, and then you would press. I think this is before Touchstone Phones, though, so it, it, you had to d- d- direct dial, or you would dial the operator, and she would say, canterwick dial-a-nurse. And then you would say, uh, I'd like to hear tape uh, five five seven two one, please. And 5721 would be all about, like, bunions, you know, your, your foot-bound friend. And then it would just be this recording that was about three minutes long about bunions. Um So I think at one point all the teenage boys discovered that one of the tapes was about, like, female sexual development. And so everybody just called that one, and then they took it away. But so we have a thing like that here.
1: Yes. And no, so uh, at yeah.
0: CBS... Yeah, we do. So if I so I press it, and I can like scabies, and then it'll just be like a tape that will play all about that. I guess so. I've never called it. Oh, that's hours of fun. Okay, I'm going to try that. i
1: always thrown that thing away. I get one like once every couple of weeks. Or so.
0: <laughs> you know, this whole thing seems really ill advised, though. That if you're if you're suffering some sort of weird mental breakdown, that they're going to make you wait like a whole day. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well.
1: It's become a national disgrace.
8: Boarding is an appalling reality in our nation's emergency department. This is completely recorded. Too often, our most vulnerable patients bear the biggest burden.
1: It's a day after a holiday.
0: I mean, that's... I mean, I know it's recorded because we're playing it, you know, out of the system here, but, I mean, that's from some, like, long pre-taped speech or something that plays So that's
1: because... People in the news who don't want to work very hard today.
0: (laughs) That's true. It is. Boy, can I just tell you, everybody came to the office late today. The roads were empty. I biked today uh, just, you know, for no real reason, just because I wanted to. But don't you like it when you bike and then you see that traffic sucks? It's sort of an extra little bonus. My
2: bike is still over at my friend's house at, from this weekend, so I had to drive today. And driving sucked. By the time I got into the office, yeah. it was so crowded on the road.
0: I love that when I'm biking and there's a snarl in the traffic and I could ha-ha! You know?
1: I've even noticed my neighbors have taken small cars out of their garages. I never even, <laughs> even knew they were there. <laughs> like an automotive dinghy. <laughs>
0: um Anyway, but uh, blah, 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 blah. But, yeah, but everybody was late to work today. Everybody was sort of coming in at like 9.30 this morning.
1: I look forward to coming back in. You know what? I was here
0: bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, ready to go, Tim, on KCMD Portland. So was I. Excellent. Fantastic. Four days off. Uh, All right. It's 1 o'clock. Let's plunge on ahead. Oh, don't let me. Speaking of gas. Gas. Who wants to hear these awful radio promotions?
1: Oh, I do. Yeah, Uh, um, I never get enough.
0: So um,
1: let's just let me... uh,
0: sure that I... uh, I think I promised not to use the name of the person who sent us these ideas. Do they work here? No. This
8: is Katie.
0: Hi. uh, This is is Rick. Is Susan Reynolds around?
8: Uh, I can transfer you to her. Thank you.
0: Please. At some point I should just figure out what Susan's number is.
8: You want me to give it to you while you're on the phone?
0: Uh, No, that's okay. You can just transfer me. Thank you.
3: Okay. Here you go. Thanks. This is Susan
0: Reynolds,
1: marketing uh, director for well, CPH. CD- I, I think the deal is She doesn't have to be back today.
0: No, I think the deal is that I can uh, I can do this as long as I don't I think she I think she doesn't want me to say uh the name of the uh, the name of the person who is doing this. Um okay, I'll have Hey Richie, can you do me a favor? Uh can you uh, can you ring uh Susan's cell phone and just ask her really quickly if if it's okay if I talk about these uh, these suggested radio bits these promotions, if I if I leave the the person's name out of it the consultant, just let me know. I want I want to double check that before I do. It. I don't wish to uh, I don't wish to annoy anybody.
1: All right. Like Kathy's copywriting service.
0: It's it's sort of like that. Uh, that's kind of what it is. It's it's a a person who is. Well I'll wait I'll wait until I'll wait until Richie tells me that it's okay to talk about it and then we'll
1: forward do... motion promotions. <laughs>
0: something very much like that get recognized uh wait a, you know even you know what everybody does now nobody gets attention everybody cuts through the static that's what people are doing in radio now that's a, that's the whole thing it's uh, nobody nobody is nobody is getting nobody's getting attention nobody's being listened to everybody is either cutting through the static or uh, uh, rising above the din. That's static the hasn't hasn't been around in like 40 years. Now there is no like
1: dialing a phone.
0: There's no static. You know what else there isn't? Uh, there's also no snow. There's no snow on your television. So, all right, here's
1: Tim Riley. The new ABC television series, The Secret Life of the American Teenager, is off to a strong start. The series drew 2.8 million entire viewers. That's a lot. This is its debut, making it the uh, the ABC Family Channel's most watched series ever. A Sopranos alumnus, Steve Sharipa, now has a recurring role on the Secret Life of American Teenagers. Wait, Steve Sharipa? Who is he from? Who is he from The Sopranos? I don't know. I never watched the whole series. Some guy. All right. Some guy on The Sopranos. Uh, says the series is up to a flying start. It's just a terrific show. I, I'm mm. very happy to be a part Beto of it. Vito Spatafore. Very
4: well written. Brenda Hampton created Seventh Heaven, and uh, I, I'm in uh, six of the ten episodes, and uh, you know I, I'm looking forward to doing
1: more. The show follows a good girl played by Shailene Woodley, who gets pregnant when she loses her rigidity to a high school stud. <coughs> you know, uh, Molly Ringworm is also a terrific <laughs> actress. I is that her she, garbage pail kid? Her, you know. I mean, she was
4: doing films and
0: Molly I think it was
4: Perfect match I mean, uh, you know, she,
0: she what is ringworm? Pilot. I wonder if CBS could tell us about that. I want, I want to call that CBS thing. I got to find that number sometime in the rest of the show. I want to call and see if it covers ringworm. All right, so. Uh, uh, so as per Susan, we're good to go as long as we don't mention the person. And I've taken the, the liberty—you'll see—I've actually blacked out the name, so you don't we, accidentally so read. we can't even inadvertently reveal who this is. So how, how did you
1: happen to get a hold of it?
0: Uh, Susan, God bless her, said, "Hey, do you want to hear? Do you want to hear these great ideas?" Oh, yeah. And sometimes you can hear the quotes when people are talking. So she sort of arched an eyebrow. And she goes, "Hey, do you want to hear some great ideas?" And by great, I knew that she meant something quite different. So I'm just going to read you. I'll just read these sort of off the page. That's what I'll do. And here's the thing. For good or bad, whatever the, whatever crap we do on this show, whether it's funny, whether it's not, whether it's amusing, whether it's stupid. It's it, all hilarious. It all, and it all, it all just comes from here, uh, you know, except for the things that we've stolen. Uh, but, I mean, it's all like we don't, like as Tim has said, you know, many Nobody times. Nobody would
1: give us a budget to buy anything good. We don't have... <laughs> We don't even have lights. We don't even have light bulbs. Our studio not even We weren't even allowed to borrow light bulbs. But we, we were d- prohibited from borrowing light bulbs, or else.
0: So they just give it these lights that'll clearly burn down the studio at some point. One big tax write-off. Um, anyway, so, uh, but we don't have a consultant. We don't have anybody who uh, is on retainer to like tell us how to be funny. Uh, or whatever
1: because they know we wouldn't listen anyway that's how we got because
0: we would clearly disregard their advice in any event uh, but there are people who make their whole living telling you a how to be funny and b like gags or sort of events or bits to do like if you're too lame to come up with any on your own and so sometimes that takes the place of writing jokes uh, like you don't really fax stuff anymore but you know you get these email lists of like you know the joke of the day service or there's this guy bitman
1: I don't know if Bitman's still around? He used to be the electric weenie too, but I think that one's gone.
0: Oh, was he the same guy?
1: I don't know. There Rick, was a there Rick was... used to use it, but everyone says they they were on the E's program. uh
0: there's a there's a guy who called himself bitman again you know whatever if you can make a living doing whatever that's fine uh you know th- 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 writing writing jokes for other people to read is a long and storied american tradition that's how a lot of people started uh but there was this guy bitman and his whole deal was every day he would send you 10 pages of like jokes and funny funny things to say on the air that you could sort of pass off as your own creativity. And then, yeah, the electric weenie was another prep service like that. So some of them, though, are not bits or gag. And by the way, can I just tell you that those prep services where it's like they send you 10 pages, that is the biggest scam, and I'll tell you why. Because of those 10 pages of of crap that they send you every morning, first of all, in the age of the Internet, in today's technologically advanced world, if you can't go on the Internet and find something to talk about, you ought to be taken out back and put down like a dog. I mean, really, if, seriously, if you rely on somebody else to, 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 you know, you sound like one of those old women, and I don't have a computer, and email is the only way that that's what you sound like, if you can't somehow figure out how to go on the Internet and find something amusing to talk about. I mean, if you have to pay a guy to send you 10 pages of strange stories that he found, or, like, news of the weird or whatever. And it's the biggest scam, because of those 10 pages, eight of them are just, like, this day in history. And, you know, and that eats up about half of today's prep. And then there's, like, one page of bad jokes, and then one page of, like, sort of
1: contest or stunt ideas. So this is just stunt ideas. Uh, And, uh, you know... Are these original ideas only exclusive to CBS Nation?
0: Well, I don't know that anybody's using these. I think these were pitched to us as... Um,
1: Are they sold individually?
0: I don't really know. I think this might have been like a, hey, look what look what I can do for you. Look at these great ideas that I would offer you. What's a big topic on everybody's minds right now?
2: Gas prices.
8: Oh,
0: you're so right, Sarah. The, Med- the Medford Turnip Festival. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: see, that's funnier.
0: Win win. <laughs> the world's largest ball of lint. Uh, so, see, you right there proved yourself to be funnier than any prep service, Tim. So, and I give it all away for nothing. It's true. Uh, so, um, but, in, but in exchange, you get to call that CBS line about leprosy. Uh, so... So every radio station on earth, every, 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 every radio station does this thing where it's like, you know, our morning gas crew is going to be giving away free gas at Bobby's Pump and Sip. Be out there this morning. You'll get free gas. Blah, blah, blah. And they all – and it's just the same – it's just the same crap. Dressed up different ways all the time, right? Where like the local chuckling nitwits in his band of paid laughers – just go out there, and it's but it but they always have to position like we're giving away gas, we're stealing from the man. It's the big gas grab, whatever. So this is just a whole bunch of summertime promotions that I think were pitched to us. And I will just Drink. read these. Keep in mind, mm-hmm. people are paid, and I would I would I would guess a, a fairly significant amount of money paid uh, to come up with these ideas to then give to they radio stations.
1: They probably fly first class, and stay at the finest hotels. I'm.
0: I'm going to read these directly off the page without altering them. Some of these are about gas. Some of them are not. Idea number one. The boss has gas. A station to remain nameless has come into a possession of a bunch of gas cards courtesy of a client. First off, do not call them gas cards. Leave it to radio to take a really cool prize and dumb it down so it loses all the sizzle. Uh, I won't, here's the other thing I won't do, I won't identify any of the radio stations that have actually done this, because, sadly enough, he lists some of the radio stations that just took advantage of this great
2: bit. Do you recognize any of them? Uh, no, but,
0: you know, but you never know. Uh, let's see, let's see, the siphoning the gas bit at K blah 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 has the best gas giveaway in the history of the medium. The station in question can't get away with the kind of edge that a lot of stations use so instead they're going to create a fake drunk gm that's general manager character so this is how the station is getting this is called the boss has gas the station has created a fake gm character who took his one million dollar performance bonus which he earned by cutting salaries and bought the biggest suv known to man they'll send interns down to the parking garage while the GM is sleeping off his lunch on his couch and steal his gas.
1: That sounds like too many points for the listening. Wow. wow. Yeah. That it's, is too much.
0: He says it's all in the presentation. Uh occasionally you have the intern get busted by building security. I.e. the caller gets nothing. How about this? The Dark Night. The consultant says. Rarely will I err on the side. Error is misspelled. How do you misspell error?
1: It doesn't matter. He's a genius. He
0: didn't even spell it E-R-R. He spelled it E-R-E. That's ear. Rarely will you hear me ear on the side. Good. I'm glad to know that you're not earing on the side of bad taste. Jesus. He says, rarely will you hear me ear on the side of good taste. But don't do jokes about Heath Ledger. However, what are you doing about a dark night? Tickets to see the movie in a dark theater, followed by... Cause see, it's a dark night followed by an after party of moonlight bowling. That's where you turn out the lights and you bowl to black lights and really loud rock music.
1: That you sounds could, like a liability problem.
0: You can also do a truly dark movie.
2: These just a, suggestions for cool things to these do. These are cool
0: things your station can do to look like they're cutting edge. Cool ad. things. You could also do a truly dark movie, the blind date bit. You blindfold two listeners who have never met and send them. This sounds like a liability as well. <laughs> and then send them on a date to hear the film, not see it. That sounds like something everybody want to do. Can I be blindfolded next to a complete stranger and not get to see the movie? <laughs>
2: That's the worst thing I've <laughs> ever heard.
0: That sounds like a raping waiting to happen, quite frankly. Uh, followed by drinks and dancing. A radio station is going to blindfold <laughs> you and have you, have you sit next to somebody who you don't know, also blindfolded, in a dark room with strangers who will not respond to your cries for help. Followed by drinks and dancing. They never see each other until they've come in and recounted the dates and talk about whether they'd like to see each other again. How about this? Let's see. Um, mm-hmm. This one's called uh, Dad's. You can see a, theory, a theme here. So there was the boss has gas. This is Dad's got gas as we speak k blah 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 is doing dad's got gas as a local radio station men come by and the station pumps while these guys blow into a balloon when you run out of gas the fueling runs out of gas
1: people pay for these ideas <laughs> yeah and people fly around the country handing out those pieces of paper jesus let's see if there's anything they make else tons here. Of money
0: doing this stuff um let's see okay wait since we're t- since we're on a since we're sort of on a jag here of things that will almost certainly result in a lawsuit how about this Speaking of ice blocks, the sales assistant at K-Blah-Blah-Blah blah, blah, tipped me to a cool hey, blah, activity...
2: blah blah
0: blah blah <laughs> yeah, law bomb, tipped me to a cool activity called ice blocking. Basically, see if you can spot the potential problem here. Basically, you find a grassy hillside, and then you sit on a giant block of ice and ride it <laughs> down the hill.
3: <laughs> Into a gas station? <laughs>
0: He okay, came, blah, 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 regrets to inform you of it. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, I'm not even going to read this thing about. There's this one that is so bad, and I won't. It's so bad, I actually don't.
3: It It
0: contains a, it, 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 and this is like the best material they can come up with. This is what they're pitching us with. And there's a phrase that I don't use on the show. We're much more conservative uh, than than some stations are. There is a term which I, find, which I just find abhorrent, so we always we, we stay away from it. It involves something that happens when the ladies wear their pants too tightly. Oh, I think really? we all know what we're saying. I just hate that word so much until we just bleep it. But, so this bit is called blah, 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 and it's a rhyme, by the way. So it's that term, blah, 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 to the front row. Let's all do that rhyme in our head right now.
3: Oh,
1: no. Really? Mm-mm-mm, really? To
0: the front row.
1: Is this something they would do
0: in a country station? Uh huh. Oh, no. It's. So, it's this is for, by the way, stations that, quote, have some attitude. And it's where your audience votes for pictures of listeners' girlfriends in tight pants.
2: <gasps> wow.
0: That's so you can win front row tickets. There you go. Baby's got her blue jeans on. <laughs> Or Ian is the case, maybe. But so whoever
2: has the best what like I don't, I don't even know. That don't, you would say best. There
0: there's no further advice on how I should use the bits. That was just that's the A material we were pitched, though. All right, so there you go. So let's all just take a moment to be glad that we don't do any of those things. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth.
1: You're a grandstander. That's all I have to say. No, I'm a soapboxer. Oh, that's right. Tim. Not
0: a grammar soapbox.
1: A grandstander on the soapbox. Yeah. Well it doesn't matter. Uh, Detroit man, whose driver's license has been suspended 22 times, has been sentenced from 13 to 20 years in prison. And what authorities describe it as an extreme case of road rage, uh, apparently uh, oh this guy named Alexander forced 10 vehicles off the road before crashing in Michigan. Uh, Judge McBean said it's one of the worst cases of road rage in Michigan history. Alexander was convicted on charges including assault with intent to do great bodily harm, he blamed the violence on the drug PCP.
0: Hey, Tim. Yes. If ladies with large bosoms work at Hooters, where do ladies with one leg work? I don't know. IHOP. Yeah. <laughs> Is that sent part of that? Us. No, but isn't that exactly the... No offense to the listener. Isn't that exactly the kind of thing you would get in morning prep? Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, here's Tim Riley.
1: Uh, meanwhile, Oregon's deputies... And let us know some of the amazing excuses for speeding they received. One said, I'm late for church and I don't want to go to hell. Another said, I've been drinking and want to get off the road quickly. I'm going to a divorce proceeding, and if I must, sir, you would understand why I'm hurrying. I am wearing heavy shoes today, and that makes the gas peddler go down more. I just got my license back after being suspended, and I'm not used to driving. Oh,
0: by the way, this person says, if I want to get rid of all the crap in my garage... Then, then I shouldn't say that it's for free. I should put it out with a sign that says twenty dollars, and then somebody will steal it. Do from not me. touch. No, that <laughs> do not take. Leave forever. Uh, and then I'll come out. It. It'll, it'll be That's a great idea. All right. It'll be sort of like a human version of that rat that's living in my front yard. Oh, by the way,
1: uh, spe- th- 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 how's that rat doing? He's doing really well, by the way. Oh, that's good. Uh,
0: the uh, I said this is this is how dull my life is. I actually uh, I waited motionless, immobile in my front yard the other day for about 15 minutes, just waiting for him to come out of the hole and to get something that I would left for him. That's, that's how I amuse myself when my wife is gone.
1: So I mean, and, and did he disappoint you?
0: No, no, he came out and he looked around and blinked his eyes in the sun, and it was a small piece of chicken that I was uh, that I was getting ready to throw away anyway. And of course rats will eat anything, uh, so I just put it there, and then he came out and he took it and he scurried back, back into the hole.
2: This is what you do on your weekend. That's you what I do, Sarah. No, it's
0: commu- fun. You know, it's communing with nature. You know, who says that Rick Emerson doesn't enjoy the outdoors?
2: Muppet kills mice for me sometimes. Is that true? Mm-hmm. That's
0: impressive.
2: He's done it three times. Are you
0: sure they're not already dead and he just drags them back?
2: No, no. Like I've left him in the kitchen where there's no place for him to get it, and because I've seen them. I've seen one scurry from one side of the kitchen to the other. And um, one day I came home and I'll, he likes to play with socks, so I'll leave him like a sock in the kitchen to play with, along with his other toys. And I look, and there's this gray thing laying on the sock, and it was like he had presented it to me. Mommy, was, I brought you a present. And he was like sitting there, had, with this huge like his tongue is hanging out, and his totally. tail is wagging. He's like, look what I got you! Look what I found for you! And there's just this little dead, punctured mouse.
0: I think cats and dogs both do that, where they will almost bring it as some sort of weird like offering unto the Lord.
2: That was totally like he was present, like he was standing. Usually, he runs up to the door, but he was actually sitting behind the mouse and looking at me, like, look what I got for you.
0: He's sort of the. uh biblical reference he's sort of he's sort of the able where he is presenting you the uh, he's presenting you the offering of a dead animal
2: Well, and terriers are rodent hunters by nature i didn't know that that's see
0: that's really max wouldn't max couldn't catch anything i mean max i mean there's just no way that that would ever work so well that's a, that's actually pretty impressive no so I, I gave i i set like a piece of food up for the rat and then i just stood there without moving for like 12 minutes waiting for the rat to come out um so we'll uh, we'll get jim roop here and then we have a question for tim riley did, 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 and Sarah will know what I'm talking about. And people who listened on Friday will know what I'm talking about. Uh, we want you to make a... Uh, we want you to make a ruling. A ruling. A ruling about something. Okay. Uh, it's about somebody who ate something here on Friday. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. All right. We're going to have you yes. give your two
1: cents. Uh, hmm. this,
0: uh, we, this, uh, what could it be? Uh, you'll have to wait to find out. Let's welcome
1: now to the Show.
0: From Los <laughs> Angeles... CNN Radio correspondent James Rupp, hello, sir. Howdy. How's your life, brother? How's your Fourth of July weekend?
6: I was uh, uneventful. So uh, no, uh,
0: no, no fires. No, <laughs> no fires, no maimings of any kind. No. Can I just tell you this? So I just stayed home on the Fourth of July because I'm lame. Uh, but I walked out. This is my neighborhood. Uh, you could just hear. It's like living in Beirut. You just hear the sounds of clearly I- illegal fireworks going off all the time, so all night, uh, all night of the night leading up to the Fourth of July. And then at one point, I took my dog out for a walk, and it would have been I don't know like just just after dark, I think, and it was like it was just such a haze it was like you were inside some sort of giant bong. I mean, really, it's like my entire neighborhood was filled with black acrid smoke. it's kind of a, It's kind of a miracle that my house didn't burn down somehow over the weekend, so anyway, and of course, true to true to form, there's some dudes who live right near my house, and it's like a whole house of it's you know like three three dudes that all live in an apartment together. And I actually walked, I was walking my dog again. This is where I kind of interact with all my neighbors. I sort of, I sort of think my dog out and it's an excuse to sort of see what everybody in my neighborhood is doing. And there were three dudes who lived near me and they were, in fact, sitting on the sidewalk with a whole pile of fireworks that they had cut open and they were building it all into one huge super firework, <laughs> which I heard go off later in the night, by the way. Uh, so I'd be amazed if there weren't some teeth lost at some point during that. So
6: yeah, that, that was always, you know, the... Um... The day after the fourth story, totally was you know how many people had fingers blown off or uh, ear damage or yeah, there was whatever no... because some firework didn't go off and they went up to it.
0: Always, that, always that one kid in your class exactly who decided to look down into the big you know steel pipe and see exactly what was what was keeping that Roman candle from going off.
6: Yeah, or they're, they're going to throw the M80. <laughs> that, that's always, that was always my favorite. That's, that's good for at least two fingers, you know.
0: <laughs> exactly. That's. Through a little Jimmy comes back to school with a hook. <laughs> oh, man. People. All right. Well, in any event. So, um, oh, hey, speaking of that, though, you guys have, uh, how, I mean, is it just, I get the feeling in California that at no time, it's like I read this study one time that said that at some point in America, MASH is always playing somewhere. Uh, That there is no point at which MASH is not currently airing on some channel in the United States. I get the feeling with California and wildfires, that there is no point at which there isn't some fire burning out of control somewhere.
6: And right now there's more than 300 that are still burning out of control. Jesus. In all, there were more than 1,400 that were going at one time. And two of them, really, that were big deals. The one in Big Sur has been going for two weeks now, still heading toward Big Sur. Very slow-moving fire, but big... And then the one uh, in Santa Barbara County above Goleta, which is in the Los Padres National Forest, that's making its way, you know, toward Goleta. So, you know, and those are the two big ones with the Santa Barbara County fire being priority one right now because there's more threatened there, life and property. But, you know, it's, it's just crazy. It's going to be this way throughout the entire summer. Nice. I can already tell you. First of all, it's going to take a month to have the big surf fire put out. It's going to take probably close another couple of weeks before this uh, this Goleta fire, if you will, um, what they call the Gap fire, uh, will be put out. Not surrounded, but I mean doused. So it's just it's and, and hopefully, you know, we'll have not a whole lot more going on. But you got firefighters from 41 states here. You have 400 uh, National Guard being trained to fight fires. You got fresh crews, fresh crews being dropped in today into these fire areas. I mean, these guys are just. They're just tired.
0: Hey, here's a dumb question. Do other states charge California to send their firefighters down there?
6: There's a reciprocal sort of, you know, hey, you, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours at some point, sometime. These are western states that are all prone to wildfires. Arizona, New Mexico, you know, Arizona had some big fires uh, two years ago that I, I you know, was covering the Sedona fire for a while. So, you know, we'll give them guys, they'll give us guys, you know, it's it's one of those things. But there's, I'm sure there's some sort of monetary issue involved because you've got to pay these guys. But there's a, it's, it's sort of a reciprocal agreement.
0: Hey, uh, so the other thing that LA, of course, is always on the uh, cutting edge of is uh, non-lethal weapons, which I find fascinating. Non-lethal weapons are one of my sort of low-grade interests in this world. I'll never forget the first time I saw that foam being sprayed on somebody. One time, and it just—it was like you—it was like you sprayed somebody with like some sort of
6: Stay Puff marshmallow.
0: Exactly, yeah. exactly. But it was but it was sort of brown, and then it immediately solidified, and so it was like a, it looked like. Uh, what is it, that sort of spray foam insulation that you'll see some places? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it looked like. Yeah. And it's like there was some guy, like, pretending to be a resistor or a protester or a hippie or something, and they hit the guy with it, and he kind of went, whoa, and then immediately kind of went, whoa, <laughs> And then he was just frozen in place. They also got that thing that they, it's like a, a ray gun they shoot at you, like, heats your skin or yeah. something. Yeah. So what is the deal? And, of course, border agents get all this stuff because they get... You know, I have to deal with all kinds of you know, drug dealers and you know, you know, you know all, all weird human trafficking and everything that happens. So they got a whole new line of non-lethal weapons for border agents. Is that well, true?
6: They call them less lethal because these things have killed, <laughs> like rubber bullets. Yeah. Well, it's it's paintball it, it, and it's 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 um, pepperball. Like it's like a paintball gun, but it fires pepper balls. It can fire paintballs too, so you can mark market guy, and then call the Mexican police and say, hey, you know, your guy's got yellow dots all over him.
0: Or you can while away the hours with your fellow Border Patrol agents.
6: Yeah. <laughs> just, just, you know, market people.
0: So it fires what? So it fires a little ball full it's, of...
6: The, oh, man, and it's it's just, you know, it's it's just crazy. I spent a couple of days with these guys down there, and San Ysidro, which is the, the busiest port of entry, um, is, is just full of... Garbage, human garbage. That that, uh, and I'm not talking illegal aliens. I'm not, you know, I mean, people are going to cross the border for the reason they're going to cross the border. I'm talking drug dealers, human smugglers. You know, these guys who, with all this new border protection and all this new technology, you're cutting into their bottom line. So they're attacking guards with, border patrol agents with rocks, bottles, Molotov cocktails, blow torches, pipes. I mean, you name it. They're trying to attack these guys with. They string a guy wire. Uh, across uh, a roadway in these uh, border patrol agents coming by on suvs it it can decapitate uh. so what this this new gun is really cool thing they let me fire it it's pretty cool it uh it fires these pepper balls from like 300 feet so you don't have to go in there and wrestle with these guys but it'll drop you it'll drop you it'll send you crying that's a you, disarm you uh, and God love the border patrol agents. Why anybody would take that job is beyond me. But thank God they do, because it uh, it's one of the nastiest, unforgiving, uh, disrespected jobs. Not for me anymore. That I have ever seen. I mean, they just they just get more garbage than your regular on the line police officer on a regular basis. I
0: got an idea. How about this? Instead of okay, you got the gun that fires paint. You got the gun that fires pepper balls. How about this? Gun fires a ball full of spiders. How'd you like to be hit with that, man? You know, some guy over there, hey, Border Patrol agent! You know, bam, hit him black right in the widows. face, gun suddenly covered in black widows. <laughs> you can have that idea for free. That's my service <laughs> to my country right there. How about this? It just fires a ball full of syphilis.
6: Oh, now, see? You just get a whole ball full of syphilis germs. There you, you know, go. I got to tell you, though, the the residents who live on the other side of the, of the fence, though, they're, they're a little perturbed because they get this pepper in their house <laughs> you know when the because yeah. sometimes it's, the border patrol agents don't necessarily fire for kinetic impact they they hit the wall or hit the ground and disperse the pepper
3: right. to get rid
6: of a large group of people and it gets into the houses of these poor slobs that live on the other side of the border and you know what can you do you know they're, they're angry they're upset but they know that it's not going to stop until this whole uh, criminal element leaves the area, but it, that's not going to happen either because as long as there's big money in the drug trade, there's going to be the criminal element down at the border.
0: Mm. Well, see, this is, a, so really it's like the taser is really, uh, is almost old news. It's, uh, it's you got to uh,
6: get too close with the taser.
0: Yeah, that's, I do like the idea of a thing that just, of a thing that where you don't even see the guy and suddenly you just hit right in the face with something and you're covered in aphids. <laughs> <laughs> see there again? Then you know. Then people don't have to They're deal burying with burying your skin, man. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna shoot you with a ball full of ticks. <laughs> oh, see, that would keep me away. I mean, if you told me that I was going to leave the house, a guy was going to shoot me with a thing that just covered me with centipedes, yes, yeah, thank you, no, I'll yeah, pass. You know, I
6: mean, I'm not, I'm not that, I don't have that big of a fear of bugs, so. Uh, um, but I, I would imagine those who do would just be I'm just,
0: out. I'm telling you, that's. Uh, that would have a profound effect on a certain um, a certain type of person.
6: All right, my brother, uh, are you on tomorrow? Oh, yes, sir.
0: All right, enjoy your day. We'll talk to you soon, sir. Thank you so much. You go, Jim Rube, ladies and gentlemen in Los Angeles. Tim just vanished. I guess so. Well, all right. Uh well here's what we got coming up. We got the top 5 clown songs. We'll get to that. Uh it's the worst song you've ever heard. Uh let's see. Uh what else? Um, I think we're talking to Peter Carlin later on today. Uh Richie Bristol's going to rejoin us here in a few. Uh hello Tim Riley. Hello. Hello. Let's do like two more and then we'll take a break here.
1: All right. Number 1. A 52-year-old Milwaukee area man has been accused of faking heart attacks to avoid paying restaurant bills and cab fares. Police say the Washika man, this is from Wisconsin, Waukesha, Waukesha uh, took a cab to a mall and pretended to have a heart attack. The driver said he left without paying the bill. Then the man ran up a $23 bill to have a steak dinner at Applebee's. He again pretended to have a heart attack. This time the fire department took him to a hospital. The doctor there recognized the man as having pulled the same stunt a few weeks ago. He's been charged with depraving a restaurant as a habitual criminal. Seriously,
0: if you look at that guy, though, it's not out of the question he'd be suffering from a heart attack. That mm-hmm. does look like the kind of guy who might keel over from a coronary at any moment.
1: Uh, so he faces nine months in prison and a $10,000 fine.
0: Did you have the story about the guy they found in the basement covered in barbecue sauce?
1: No, I did not. Let me
0: just let me read this. This is also from Wisconsin. That's why I thought of it. A couple telephone police in the middle of the night after finding a man in their basement covered head to toe in barbecue sauce. He told the officers it was urban camouflage, said the homeowner. This happened in Wisconsin. The homeowner said they woke up to whistling sounds. The husband grabbed his shotgun and headed to the basement where he found a sauced-up intruder. Held him at gunpoint until police arrived. The guy told coworkers, <laughs> Who writes this way? The guy told... This is from a news site. <laughs> WWMT.com. <laughs> <www. laughs> This is from WWMT News Channel 3 in Wisconsin. It does it seem like a lot of news stories are written very casually and colloquially these days? Yes. This is a news The guy told officers. This is what That's happens. sure
2: That doesn't sound like... The it guy should told... Be the, should be
1: the dude.
0: The, the dude. The guy told officers he covered himself in barbecue sauce because he wanted to hide from the government. So there you go. All right, let's do a, one more and then we'll uh, break...
1: How would you like to buy a gold mine? There's one for sale in southwestern Oregon. Uh, Ernie Singer wants to sell the uh the Wolf Creek uh, mine. Apparently, he restored an enlarged old house and put up some new trees. Wolf Creek. Yeah. Wolf Creek Pass, way up on the Great Divide. This is a uh, Wolf Creek down the Medford. Ah. The parcel includes the Hole in the Ground Gulch and Bear Gulch, once rich mining areas. They'll tell you early miners used a lot of ingenuity to harness the water and use it for hydraulic milling. The large mining ditch diverted water from the old Wolf Creek. It was funneled into a three-foot diameter metal pipe. The water shot 150 feet down the shaft. Pressure from the water cannon shot down 200 feet. Why would a buyer care about this stuff? <laughs> I don't know. But he says there's an astronomical amount of gold in that mine. Uh, that from the buyer who was raised on uh, nearby Grave Creek and Bear gulch in the hole in the ground gulch or the. Is region. this a real place you're talking about, or it's just like
0: at Knott's Berry Farm?
1: Oh, this is. Uh, As a matter of fact, if you get up early enough, say 6.30 in the morning, you see Canadian geese, too young to fly, waddling near the south side of the old mine.
0: Too young to fly sounds like a lifetime movie about the geese. Too young to fly, the Canadian goose story.
1: He doesn't name a price with his gold mine, but there's plenty down there. So uh, He's a retired hardware store owner and miner. He wants uh, someone who's interested in restoring them. Let's talk about this every day.
0: We should. Let's repeat the same story twice an hour. Now, the heart of gold mining <laughs> of the old Wolf
1: Creek goes back to 1860. That from Grant's past resident Larry McLean, who writes in his 1995 book, First There," was crowning the history of northern Josephine County. Yes, there's an a astro- gripping
0: read, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> there's an astro- uh, There's a large amount of gold up there, although nobody's ever found it. Uh, once gold sold for about $17 an ounce and several ounces a day often came out of that mine, my God, at $1,000 an ounce a day, that would be an incredible amount. Millions of dollars if you buy this old mine. You know,
0: the thing about gold is, and I know I'm not the first person to say this, but it's just so completely arbitrary, right?
1: Gold is valuable. I'm just going to. This is a great promotional like, idea to pass along to that fellow. <laughs> have your station buy its own gold mine. No, but this would have to be. You'd
0: have to tie it into, like, Kanye West or something. Maybe, like, the gold digger promotion. <laughs> uh, so, uh, anyway, let's see here. Uh, what do we do? Oh, so, so let's do this, and then we'll break. So question, this is a question for you, Tim. So, as you know, uh, you were gone last Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I was. Uh, oh, how was the show, by the way? It was outstanding. You went to, uh, you, uh, and I know that I got texts from Joni. She was there, and then I saw YouTube videos, all from the George Michael show last week, which I wanted to go to, and I didn't get a chance.
1: He still sings good. It have better than he did in the 80s. Yeah, the it, all I, the
0: only footage I saw on YouTube was like a one-minute clip of him singing I'm Your Man, and it was taken from an account kind of up in the rafters. I couldn't really tell.
1: Oh, I got an extra one I put up, but not from my own phone. What, what's really weird there is, remember, people used to wave, lighters? Yeah. Now they just wave their it's cell phones. phones. Oh yeah, and it's like a weird
0: glowing sea of uh, of like Motorola's or something.
1: And I, I'm surprised. I mean, it took him starting his first song to get everyone to sit down and stop eating. The <laughs> auditorium. It's like he was waiting for people to sit down, but nobody would come in. <laughs> just busy sl- stuffing their face with them nachos. I'm like the only one sitting in a, a vacant <laughs> arena. I'm really? the only one who de- didn't come there to eat. <laughs> Did you? Were you afraid that no one had showed up for the show? Like, oh my God! They're gonna cancel it. There's nobody in here. Nobody in here. It's <laughs> <laughs> I guess they turned turn out the lights so he wouldn't see that this auditorium is empty. <laughs> <laughs> well, work. me know when it's charged. The meeting is bratwurst. Mm. I mean, people came in with dump trucks full of nachos. <laughs> and it's funny, by the time he took his break, the place is full. But everybody stopped eating and eating and eating.
0: Boy, it's funny. I saw uh, Henry Rollins uh, do his spoken word last year, and he talked about going to see the Van Halen reunion tour. And he did this. He talked. He, he, it's funny. He noted the same thing, it's always nachos. And he said that he looked around and he had this moment of, like, these are my countrymen. And it was just big, fat-ass Americans shoving their face full of nachos.
1: Give me anything as long as it's in a barrel smothered in cheese. (laughs) I will stand out here for years.
0: I mean, it used to be that all the money at a concert, you know, a show was in the merchandising of the T-shirts and keychains and whatever. Uh, but now you're right. It really is all just food and booze uh from people who were really just there because it's like a way to have a cheap and easy buffet in front of them, but and then the music is sort of an afterthought. Well, you know what I noticed? I'm thinking,
1: my God, is this some organized senior citizens stores? And I realized all these people are my age. The <laughs> years have been not kind to these cheese eaters. <laughs> I mean, they, they both needed two chairs just to sit down. And they, these people are still alive from the 1980s? Like, how did they make it this
0: far? And I can totally see, I can totally, in my mind's eye, just picture a lot of the crowd at, at that George Michael show, though, because, again, it's a, certain, it's a certain demographic, a certain age, and as you said, without any problem at all, I can just see, like, the foot-long hot dog that yeah. is being shoved into the mouth. And with the music just sort of like an ancillary thing happening off in the background. And
1: they didn't have the boxes of red vines. They had one long red vine <laughs>
3: that
0: was like
1: four feet long. How did George Michael look? Were the uh, were the years kind to him? No, the years have not been kind to of short. <laughs> Especially you could see in the clip. But you could tell he got Botox in the forehead because that's the only part that looks youthful. <laughs> and I think he was wearing some type of girdle. It looked like... You wearing it- a girdle? Well, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> the, the skin is falling off his face, but the rest of his body appears to be in something you can't see. <laughs> the rest of his body is like perfect. It's like. Why did everything go to the face, <laughs> and the rest of him was a teenager?
0: I'm sorry, I only put on I only put on weight in my forehead. It's, it's very right. troubling. It took
1: this like 20 minute break, long enough to, for people to go out, <laughs> and get more nachos, 20, to get more nachos, and to come back looking 20 years older than when they came in. But it's like these people here look like my grandparents. Wait a minute, they're my age.
0: I love the idea that he was all trussed up though. You could tell. I mean. <laughs> So it was like fat face, thin body. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's a truss. That's exactly what that is. But it's like,
1: I wonder exactly what it is he's wearing. <laughs> but he took a 20 minute break to take it off and breathe for a while <laughs> before he to readjust his organs. But you know, he, he still did a great job. Ju- he
0: still uh, sings terrifically. Uh yeah, the, uh, Just a little bad YouTube clip I saw of that show, The Seattle Show, Uh, which was just just great. Now, did he have backup singers, or were they on video screens? I couldn't tell.
1: He had had backup singers, but you couldn't see them. They were on some rafters behind them, but he had that that long screen that came down. Yeah. And another one off to the side, and he even tripped once. Is that true? Yeah. He went up. uh, Those of us who are in the corner... He, he went up this ramp and almost tripped going back down. Would you say that he was, um, <laughs> that's
0: what happens when you can't breathe because you're all cinched into a whalebone corset. Uh, would you say that he was He was really singing, wasn't lip syncing?
1: No, he was really singing. Good for him. Yep. Excellent. No, tremendous voice. All right. So, so uh, for a guy in his mid-40s, he was terrific. And the, the, when he was
0: singing, was it hard not to picture him slumped over the wheel of a of, like, of a Bentley somewhere with, like, a like weed in one hand and a syringe in the other?
1: I was surprised that he had so much energy through the whole show. <laughs> I, I uh, mean, the, the crowd was pretty much worn out yeah. after eating barrels of nachos. Up, <laughs> they were, like, almost falling sideways. Oh, I have so much carb fatigue. I mean, it only took one person's arm to block my view <laughs> of the whole thing. <laughs> You know, the 40-year-old woman <laughs> just weaving side to
0: side. <laughs> you know that she's exactly the type of woman, too, that has a lot of, like, like her MySpace page has a lot of things where the borders are made out of rose vines oh, God, or something. Oh, God, it's all
2: sparkly with, like, exactly berries on it.
0: It's all sparkly, and it has, uh, you know, and it has it has some quote about, like, you know, it's it's not having what you want that counts. It's wanting what you have. Uh, uh, anywho, all right. Um, I, I
1: mean, if you... Trying to get out of there, if you touched anything on your way out, it would have, you would have been putting your hand in melted cheese <laughs> from somebody's hand. <laughs> Ew. Uh. It, was, it was a fun time. And, <laughs> and I, I did manage to find a hotel that was right across the street from Key Arena, which was nice. Uh,
0: now, is Key Arena the one right by Seattle Center?
1: Yes, it is in Seattle Center.
0: Is that what they used to just call the Seattle, the Seattle Center Arena?
1: Well, that's where the uh, I believe the Seattle Supersonics played. I'm trying to remember because everything gets renamed now. Well, anyway, they lost their, their uh, basketball team that, that day I was there because the newspaper headlines said, a sad day.
0: Oh, yeah, because the Sonics are leaving. Yeah. So if that's the same place I'm thinking of, if the key arena is just the old Seattle Center Arena, then I've seen several shows there. It's not a bad venue. That's where oh. I saw,
1: in fact... All the seats are good.
0: If, if you were in the same arena that used to be the Seattle Center Arena, then I sat in almost exactly the same place that you did to see... um to see Lenny Kravitz, uh-huh. and then I sat directly across the arena from there to see ACDC some years ago. So, yeah, that's not a bad venue at all. No. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, so this says, uh, oh, by the way, shout out apparently to Mailman Allen, one of our many uh, delivering brethren, who's a new, a,
1: question and did I
0: a, a new listener. I just only said, so Apparently, he's a new listener as of today. I, I'm assuming the word spread to him by a fellow postal carrier. So, hello, Mailman Allen. God bless you, sir. Uh, so, the question is, and then we have to break. Uh, Tim. Yes. I think the people demand that you ask uh, that you ask Tim Riley. Is Timmy the cookie eater Ryan still a vegan? Uh, so here's the deal. So on Friday, uh, Diana from downtown brought us a bunch of cookies. Uh-huh. Uh, and it, which were fantastic, by the way, but which she clearly stated to all of us were not vegan. They made, They're made with, with
2: butter and eggs. Butter and eggs,
0: filled with dairy products. I believe most of her concoctions are not vegan. Yeah, I mean, which is, you know, to each his own. But she said she told us because Timmy Ryan is always so aggressively vegan about things. Mm-hmm. And goes
2: go, all in your face all the time about it. And he just, he can't go more than
0: 20 seconds without telling you loudly that he's the healthiest person in a room, which I think we all know is not true, his veganism notwithstanding. There's nothing about Timmy Ryan that says, hi, I'm healthy. He's just always covered in this weird, yellow, sickly, jaundiced sweat. And it's just, he doesn't I mean, look healthy at he all. And he's like, just like, I ran 25 <laughs> miles today.
2: It's like it's working in reverse for him. <laughs> like the more he tries and talks about it, like the thicker he it looks. It just looks
0: like his cells are dying all the time. <laughs> but she brought in these cookies, and she's like, hey, just so you know, these aren't vegan. They're full of dairy products. Mm-hmm. We look over later and he's shoving a cookie into his mouth but like the whole thing. But he's trying to
2: hide it too, but kind he, of
0: And he didn't even bother to leave the studio. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna shame eat, which I've done, if you're gonna shame eat, you hide. You hide and you do it later when no one's looking. He didn't even like hide the cookie in his pocket and leave the room. He actually just reached into the bag and he attempted to shove the whole cookie into his mouth and swallow it before we noticed. And so we look over and we said, Well, do what are you doing? And he's like, I'm eating a cookie And we said, You're a vegan. And he said Well, I don't even remember what his excuse was. Uh, He admitted knowing that they were not vegan. And so my question to you, Tim Riley, is is Timmy Ryan, in your estimation, still a vegan? He knowingly picked up a cookie filled with dairy products,
1: ate it, and tried to hide it from us. Hmm. Tried to hide it. Well, I guess there are different degrees of uh, veganism.
0: Would you say that he is not a pure vegan? That may be true. I mean, I don't know the fellow personally. We're des- he's always here when I'm not here. We're desperately trying to get you to pass judgment on him. Because okay. we, we, we just took a vote and decided that he wasn't a vegan anymore, but that we were going to leave the final judgment up to you.
1: Uh, we'll let him pass this time. Well, all right.
8: It's only
0: one cookie.
2: But you know what? What made it dirty was the shame, because he knew what he was <laughs> he, doing. He,
0: we looked over, and he actually put his hand in front of his mouth
2: and Whoa. So He was fully aware. Like, he sits there and shoves all of his, like, moral issues about veganism down our throats, and then we turn around, and he's shoving his face full of cookies. And the thing is, he,
1: like, there's a hubcap stuck in his
0: mouth. Exactly. He yeah. Totally. He was trying to eat the entire cookie so quickly that oh, no yeah. one could spot it. Oh, all right. We've got. We have to break. We come back. Uh, we'll do more. We have got the top five coming up. Top five clown songs uh, on the way. Uh, what the hell else? Oh, more from Tim Riley. Uh, uh, possibly Peter Carlin. It's the worst song you've ever heard. Oh, and we'll talk to Richie Bristol about tomorrow's cross dressing. Whatever. You stay there. Don't go anywhere. Oh, I meant to get some Klezmer music ready. Klezmer. Hold on. Klezmer. Let's see if I can uh, dig up a piece of... Uh... Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming by. Still, to come today, we'll do the uh, top five clown songs uh, of all time. More from Tim Riley and uh, so forth. Let's see what else. Uh, we'll talk to Richie about uh, tomorrow. So I guess, so here's the deal. So I guess tomorrow... Never mind. I don't even want to do this now because it's just going to take over the whole thing. Uh, let's see. And we'll do the Yiddish word of the day coming up.
5: Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Truth. And, Truth now, and now, go. from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley.
1: Guyanese authorities say a first-class airline passenger was so angry at seeing a company passengers leave a jetliner before him, he yanked open an emergency hatch and slid down the chute. The man's identified as named Christopher. He appeared to be intoxicated at the Delta Airlines flight from New York. Local police arrested him. He was quickly released on bail. Uh, the U.S. carrier plants have filed charges against the man for interfering with flight crew activities. The end of the Internet is near. No, don't be afraid. Uh, the reason more than 85% of the available addresses have already been allocated and the OECD predicts they'll run out completely by early 2011. Now, these aren't the normal web addresses that you uh, find, apparently. Uh, When the current IP address scheme was introduced in 1981, there were fewer than 500 computers connected to the Internet. Its founders could be forgiven for thinking that allowing for, say, $4 would last forever. However, less than 30 years later, the Internet is rapidly running out of space. Guess what the most healthy snack is for the summer? It
0: is. Well, is, are you going to cheat and say it's like some sort of vegetable? No. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that doesn't count. Are <laughs> well, you <started> angry? <laughs> Seriously. I mean, no, but... You and that... your cheating vegetables. <laughs> because that's... I mean, if you're going to say, what is it's that... Cheating vegetable kind. Kind. Let, me, let, me, let, me, let me guess here. Because if you're going to say, what is the healthiest snack? And then I say, ready whip. And you go, no, no, no. It's celery. That doesn't... It seems like those are ringers if you're bringing in fruits and okay, vegetables. Okay,
1: Al. It is of the cool variety. It is the... Grapes. obstacles. Wait, oh. ding, ding, ding. Why yeah. Really? Look at you. You ought to be on Password. <laughs> yes, uh, apparently the Popsicle is the most healthy thing because it only has only 40 calories. Because it's basically ice. Zero percent fat, zero cholesterol, five milligrams of sodium, and ten grams of carbs.
0: That explains why Popsicles are so strangely unsatisfying, though, because there's really nothing there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it's effectively just It's like a snow cone, right?
2: It's like juice, yeah. like, but in frozen form.
1: All right. So why not have one and give some to the kids? It's a healthy way to go. Beverly Hills 90210 alumnus Luke Perry has no plans to return to the show's upcoming spin-off. Because he's so busy. He said it wouldn't be the same to be on the show without original producer Aaron Spelling, who passed away two years ago. <gasps> His real-life daughter Tori has agreed to uh, be on as Donna Martin for the new spin-off. As has her co-star Jenny Garth, who will return to play Kelly Taylor.
2: Wait, Luke Perry's daughter is going to be on the new 90210 spin-off?
0: No, Aaron Spelling's daughter Tori. Oh, oh, okay. yeah, I think it's a poorly written article.
1: There's also been talk that Sharon Doherty may reprise the part of Brenda Walsh. The spinoff will premiere this fall on The CW, the original series, and uh, aired for 10 seasons in the 90s on Fox. The Osbournes are reuniting Ugh. for a
0: new TV show. Oh, man, this sounds like the worst thing ever. I was talking to Chris Paddock about this this morning. This seems like a phenomenally bad idea. A
1: six-part variety show for Fox. Ugh. It'll what? have music and your favorite comedy sketches. A
0: variety show starring Ozzy Osbourne.
1: No, bad. you That's
0: exactly what you You know I love Ozzy Osbourne. But, I mean, you know, and the thing is, we let's just say it, we don't blame Ozzy Osbourne for this. We blame Sharon Osbourne for this. Uh, Sharon Osbourne, who I think she really is the good news, bad news, right? Because on the one hand, like you gotta, like you gotta, you you gotta give it up to her that she really resurrected his career in some ways, yes. and she has made that guy a ton of money, and he'd probably be dead without her, as he himself has said. But I think Sharon Osbourne, the problem is she's sort of like, I mean, she has that sort of Gene Simmons thing going on where there's just no internal control about what she will put the brand name on. Um and I it, it, the like the Osbournes, I think, was was moderately amusing. But let's be honest, does anybody have the desire to go back and watch the Osbournes? No, never. I mean, it's out on DVD for what purpose? Why would you possibly? You know, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch some of the Osbournes. That's great. The problem with the Osbournes is that it's like the ironic juxtaposition of like, he's the prince of darkness, but he's wacky like it. It kind of runs its course really quickly. Uh, so while this is a close-ended commitment because it's only six episodes, I can't imagine who's going to watch past episode one. Uh, this seems like a thing that will get moderate tune in the first time, and then it'll just be gone after that. But it's strange, actually, that, that you're talking about this because, so you know what I was watching uh, yesterday and then last night? You know what really holds up? The what? Muppet Show. Oh, I, I suppose it would. I was watching The Muppet Show because uh, it was the, the third season just came out on DVD. So I watched a couple yesterday, and it was actually so good that I told her, like, like when, when she on a hippie came up I'm like, we're going to watch The Muppet Show. Sit down. Uh, so uh, we had dinner, and we watched The Muppet Show, and goddamn, that show was fantastic. It really is. That makes is.
2: me happy. I haven't seen it in a while.
0: You know what? I was sort of afraid. In fact, that's not to lie, though. I kind of knew that it would still hold up. I mean, your little trepidation when you watch something like that, but I, I kind of knew that it would still be good.
2: I wonder if Fraggle Rock holds up.
0: I don't know because, see, I never really got to watch Fraggle Rock the first time because I didn't have HBO. Uh, so that's a thing that I was sort of aware of, but I was always sort of angry. Like, Fraggle Rock always sort of made me feel excluded because we didn't have we didn't have HBO or cable or anything. And so I didn't really get a chance to watch it.
2: Then how did I watch it? Because I know for damn sure we didn't have any of that. Fraggle
0: though. Rock was on HBO. It was uh, down
2: at Fraggle Rock. You know, I probably watched it when we lived in Spain and people would tape it. Um, I probably
0: joking. watched it when we lived in Spain.
2: Oh, yeah, it was so glamorous. We <laughs> lived in the house with no electricity. I'm
3: just
0: saying. Yeah. I'm just saying when I was living on the continent. Uh, well, you must have. That, that had to have been it because, yeah, in America, it was on HBO, and I don't think it was ever on regular cable. In a house with no electricity. How did you watch Fraggle Rock if there was no electricity?
2: Well, my, the first um, like year that we lived in Spain, we lived in a house with no electricity. Then we moved on to the Navy base. And... Oh, it
0: was a military thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes,
2: yeah, so we stayed at that place, and then, yeah, and then we moved on to a Navy base. A house then with then
0: no electricity. electricity.
5: Was it hot?
2: No, it was. I just remember it being um, off like off the coast of Spain. Like It was on the coast of Spain because I remember a lot of water, and it was really cold, and it was all... Um made out of, know, like, stucco, and it had a well. Weird. And I remember it flooded one time, too. How old yep. were you? Like four, four okay, or five. Okay, so you weren't
0: old enough. You were like, this sucks. There's no electricity. No, I just
2: I just have bits and pieces of memories of it. That's pretty strange.
0: Yeah. No, Fraggle Rock um, was on HBO, and I... So I can't really... That's a thing I can't even really speak to, quality-wise. But... So I went and I, I watched The Muppets, and it was just... It was so good. I mean, that is a show... That really had a clear vision. They really knew what they were doing there, and it was, you know, and the greatest conceit of the Muppet Show is not just that it's a variety show; it's that it's a, it's that it's a variety show at like a third-rate theater. That's what makes the Muppet Show so great: is it's a variety show that is sort of you can tell sort of underfunded, under budget. I mean, the, the show within a show. That they they really don't know what they're doing. That it is a sort of pack of misfits that can barely get the show on the air every time, Um, and that they do so much backstage stuff. And there's so many like sort of in jokes and gags if you're a theater person. Um, But it was uh, the the season three is great because it's a season that has Alice Cooper, uh, Liberace, uh, and then some people you completely forgot about like Leo Sayer, Leo Sayer as in you make me feel like dancing, uh, who's a guy that I completely forgot he even existed. But the Muppet Show is really good, but it's just and it's just so quick and just it almost seems the Muppet Show almost seems like a show from now because it's such short attention span theater. Because there's nothing on the Muppet Show that lasts more than 90 seconds. I mean, I mean, there's gags that just come and go like that. In in 24 minutes, I mean, they probably pack in 12 or 14 sketches. I mean, it's really solidly done. If you have not uh, seen the Muppet Show in a long time, I strongly recommend. Uh, that you you pick that up. But I, saw I was saying to my wife just last night, I'm like, you know what? It's time for the variety show to make a comeback. Little did I know that they were going to be doing it with this, this Ozzy Osbourne thing. which just seems like a bad idea.
1: Bad mm. idea. Mm. Ill-advised. All right. While critics may have their own opinions, Will Smith is proving he can fly with the superhero's best, at least at the box office. His superhero comedy Hancock soared to the top of the box office Ringing up $66 million over the Independence Day weekend and a total of $107.3 million since it opened last Wednesday. It received mixed reviews, marking Smith's eighth straight number one opening at the box office. Eight? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, hold on. Eight straight number one opening at the oh, box okay.
0: office. Okay, Will Smith's eighth straight number one opening. All right. And well,
1: 12th overall, according to
0: Columbia. He's eighth straight number one. Okay, so let's see. So ID4, Wild Wild West. Let's see, there's six more. I Am am Legend. Men in Black, one and two. Ah, that's true. I Am Legend. Hancock. I Am Legend. One, two, three. What about Ali? Ali. Did you get that? Okay. So that's, uh, so we're missing one.
2: What about, oh, oh, oh.
0: That thing. Was Uh, he the one with the I Robot. Oh, okay. I Robot. Oh, that's on the robot. That That was just the the other day. Yep,
1: the robot (laughs) did (laughs) it.
2: That movie looked terrible.
1: It was. <laughs> what, iRobot? Yeah. Oh, it's an awful I film. I only thought... I, it... I wouldn't have been invited to a movie that was good. Oh, it's, <laughs> oh, it's
0: terrible. Um, this person says, I may be wrong, but I'm almost entirely positive Fraggle Rock aired on Nickelodeon. So it might have aired on Nickelodeon then later on. I think it was a first run on HBO, and then they may have moved it to Mac- uh, Nickelodeon. So I may was seen not on Nickelodeon
2: when I was younger. Excellent.
0: Uh, okay, here's Tim Ryan. Well, we should do this again since it happened over the holiday at the Snuff Watch. Uh, on KCMD Portland? Yes. Here's your Snuff CD Watch. Definitely. I get the Fraggle Rock thing stuck in my
1: head. Bozo is dead. Larry Harmon wasn't the original Bozo, but he was the real one. He portrayed the uh, clown for more than a half century. He died Thursday of congested heart failure, says his publicist, Jerry Dingy. He was 83. <laughs> really? Oh, Jerry Dingy. <laughs> uh, Harmon licensed the character to, to others, uh, dozens of television stations around the country. Bozo was a combination of adult and child. We did not have our
0: own Bozo in Portland, Oregon, though. Apparently, that's true. No, I, we were looking at a list on Wikipedia. We, and I think a lot of cities had their own Bozo, but Portland did not. That's too bad. No, Portland had Rusty Nails.
1: Rusty Nails?
0: Yeah. That's the was guy that a woman the, or a guy? Rusty Nails is a guy. See, and I'm not from Portland, so I don't know. But I, yeah. Rusty Nails, I think, is the guy that Krusty the Clown is based on.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, and Ramblin' Rod. Ramblin' Rod was big here as well. Because we had a bozo on Boston TV, and he's still alive. Did you have your own bozo? Yeah, it was Frank Gavrouche. He's 80. Bozo is just a funny word. I don't know why. Uh, All right. Can Uh, you say that this story, Tim, could be subtitled, It's Bedtime for Bozo? It is.
1: (laughs) Pinto Colving, who... uh, Pinto Colving is the original bozo. Pinto Colving. This this story is
0: full of fantastic names.
1: What was the manager's name? Uh, Jerry Dingy.
0: Jerry Dingy and Pinto Colvin.
1: Pinto Colvin was Excellent. the original Bozo. And
0: Felina Plains.
1: I'm not sure she's involved here. Uh, so, uh, yes. On uh, New Year's Day, 1996, Harmon dressed up as Bozo for the first time in 10 years, appearing in the Rose Parade in Pasadena. The crowd reaction, he recalled, was deafening. They kept yelling, Bozo, Bozo, we love you. He shed more crocodile tears for five miles in four hours. When he was born in Toledo. Harmon became interested in the theater while studying at the University of Southern California, Bozo was a star, an entertainer bigger than life. Harmon once said, "People see him as Mr. Bozo, someone you can relate to, and someone you can laugh with." So uh, Larry Harmon, I guess he was a franchisee. He yeah. Still these as franchise, but you didn't have one here. Uh, he is dead at the age of uh, 83. All right. Are you? Do you want to do the second half of the snuff watch? or Are you going to let it
0: go without the? Uh... Uh,
1: where is the second half of the snuff watch?
0: One moment, please. In the meantime, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello.
4: Hey Rick, it's Eric. Hello, sir. I just wanted to let you know that. Uh... I'm not sure how many of us are there out there, but I did catch the C.W. McCall reference.
0: Oh, Wolf Creek Pass, way up on the Great Divide, heading on down the other side. Trucking on down the other side. Yeah, yeah. I did that. Uh, yeah, we did that. Tim had some story that came from Wolf Creek, and then immediately. I have the Wolf Creek Pass uh, 45 at home. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Thank you, sir.
1: All right. Bye. All right. There you go. All right. No? I don't have the second half. Well. I just searched my records and it's not here. Well,
0: Jesse Helms is dead if you're the sort of person who cares. Oh, nobody
1: cares. Good riddance. (laughs) Open up the gates of hell. Here he comes. (laughs) Open up the gates of hell. Jesse Helms is coming home.
0: (laughs) I, Turner, has been needing a roommate. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, fantastic. All right. There you go. There's your double snuff watch for, uh... you know, I was so sad that you weren't here for that, too. The good deaths always happen when one of us are gone. I mean, I killed Tim Russer
1: by leaving, and you killed Jesse Helms by leaving, Tim. Well, that's true. It happened on the same day, didn't it? Yes, it did. Uh, all right. Do? Oh, am I still here? Uh,
0: I don't know. We can. Uh, well, why don't we do one more, and then uh, we'll go let you uh, prep for your various uh, live news reports later in the day, and we'll talk to Richard Bristol.
1: Iraqi Prime Minister Malaki is raising the prospect of setting a timetable for the withdrawal of U.S. troops as part of negotiations for a new treaty with Washington. Wait a minute. We're going to let them decide? How is that possible? This is the first time the U.S.-backed Shiite-led government has floated the idea of a timetable for sending American troops home. The Bush administration has always opposed such a, a plan, saying it would, it would give uh, militant groups an advantage. Like they don't have it <laughs> no, already? Gonna say, I just going to say, I mean, it would cause turmoil in this, this normally peaceful <laughs> Next country. Thing, Next thing you know, there will be chaos there. And people won't even be able to go and get <sighs> Kentucky Fried Chicken without being shot. <laughs> okay. So uh, apparently, yes. Oh, by the way,
0: uh, I was talking about Rachel Ray's fluctuating weight last week. This email says, before Rachel Ray had a daytime talk show when she was just doing a cooking show, I strongly suspected that she was an alcoholic. She would look like she was dragging her way through every third show or so and seemed especially perky when using booze in any of her recipes. She always sampled said booze, even the cooking sherry. Her weight does go up and down. If Rachel Ray doesn't watch it, she'll be Rosie's twin. All right, there you go. All right, Tim Riley, we'll have uh, more news at the bottom of the hour. Yes, yes. Fantastic. All right, it's 503 733 uh, two nine seventy five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Uh, let's see. Still to come, we'll do today's top five, top five clown songs, and uh, so forth. Oh, also, uh, it's the worst song you've ever heard, and we'll try Ooh, to. get Oh, we have uh, a new one. Uh, we do. I just somebody sent it to me, and it's just want to sort of sit in there, taking up space. I haven't really played it yet. Uh, let's see what else. Ugliest musicians. We're gonna do that tomorrow. Oh, before we do anything, uh, Richie Bristow, can you join us in the studio, please?
2: Oh, good. I was trying to find the crying game so that you wouldn't play that horrible sound. Around. I don't
0: uh, I don't even know where it went. I lost it. Yay. Somewhere. It? No, I don't even know. Uh, it's gone. Let's see if we...
2: Uh... Hi, this is Ozzy <laughs> Osbourne, and you're listening to the Rick Show. Oh, there we show. go. That's that. Amelie.
0: Hello. Hello, Richie Bristol. How are you today?
2: Good. Hello. All right. Hello.
0: So I'm confused.
5: Uh, so... <laughs> Do you <close> think? <laughs> and first of all, I don't think Richie's confused at all, Sarah. I know what I want. No, just kidding. Uh-huh.
3: Uh-huh.
5: Can we say, by the way,
0: that during one of the last breaks, Richie, Richie uh, made some sort of a reference to the day that inevitably when you would call in sick and Rochelle would come in and screen the calls? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that day might happen sooner than later. Did we ever figure out... I get, You know, Can I just tell you also, I saw the worst transvestite the other day. I don't mean worst. Again, it doesn't matter to me. I don't care. Rick Emerson passes no judgment. We are accepting of all peoples and cultures. I'm saying worst like the most low-rent... It was so confusing... I don't even, I'm not even going to specify what kind of business this was at because I don't wish for the person to get any, uh, you know. Wait, business. what
2: are you talking about?
0: So, the worst transvestite, like the most poorly done transvestite, it was, like, I, I won't even say what kind of business this was, but I was at a business in Portland. It was, here's the thing about the trans, it was just confusing because it was clearly, clearly a guy, but then, how do I put this? Uh, give me a fake, give me a woman's name.
2: Pamela.
0: We'll say Pamela because I don't want to. I don't want to use the real name. Uh, Okay, so it was a man with long hair, clearly done in a feminine style. Like it wasn't like long, like rock dude hair. Like it was a long hair in a feminine style, kind of sparkly earrings, lip gloss, and wearing a name tag that said Pamela. And but but then. Dressed in dude's clothing with like hairy knuckles and arms. Ew. And and like no and like no brazier, no padded, no fake bosoms. It was the weirdest thing.
2: When I um used to get my nails done, I would go in and there would be this businessman who would come in, totally a dude, completely a dude, wearing a business suit, short hair, you know, like right. except for he would get French tips. <laughs> he would get full on fake long acrylic nails and have his nails done and then he would just have these full on fake acrylic Weird. nails. Call but, it
0: the guy's name, a woman's name. Yeah,
2: he was a guy. He was. My name's like, I'm
0: here for my acrylic yeah, nails. He was like
2: Bruce, and he just like had it. Were they really feminine? They were really feminine. They're like long, white-tipped nails. That is so it weird. It was the most, It was crazy. My, I felt like my head was going to
0: explode. That. I mean, it's kind of cool, I suppose. I mean, to be to be at ease with oneself. Yeah, but it was the weirdest thing. So, uh, yeah. So uh, clearly, a guy not dressed in women's clothes, a guy dressed in guy's clothes, but then wearing a name tag that said Pamela. Oh, and then speaking in a very feminine voice. Uh, it was just, it was like a weird half and half kind of a thing. I couldn't figure out what was... I couldn't figure out... Not that half. No, like half and... I'm just saying I couldn't figure out what was going on. All right. So it, it, we had this discussion earlier about the difference between a cross-dresser, a transvestite, and a drag queen. And uh, let's see. I got an email about it here. Um, let's see. Where did it go? Uh ba 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 I'm just getting all of these. now. I've just got nothing but emails about Hancock and Lee Iacocca. Here we go. Um, this is from uh, Gay Bob. Transvestite and crossdresser are the same thing. You are thinking of transgender. No, I just don't know the difference between... How about this? My understanding, Rick, is that if you crossdress, you are typically a straight man that does it for the enjoyment of wearing the clothing because it's freeing, perhaps, or feels nice in a tactile sense. If you are a transvestite, from what I've been told, you actually adopt the lifestyle of the gender you are attempting
5: to be. So, I take the first one.
2: So Eddie Izzard <laughs> is he? Is he,
5: See, he? He calls himself a transvestite. He calls himself transvestite, an executive transvestite. But
2: he's married, right?
0: Uh, well, I know I don't know if he's married. I know he's straight. Uh, I mean, know if that matters, but I think I don't. In other words, I don't think he's like on the road to gender reassignment surgery or something. Well, it's all very confusing. Maybe he wears all the time. What's that? Transvestite all the time? No, he. he no, not Christ all the time. Christ. I know that on this latest tour he's not. Uh, I mean, he's just you know dressed like a dude, which on this is normal such a tour. bummer because he's so bad? hot
2: dressed like well, a chick. You, but you know what? You know, Really? Totally, we've had this discussion. I maybe I maybe between I him and Tim Curry, you know, a Rocky Horror Picture Show. Those are both dreamy men women's and women. Here's clothing.
0: the thing about Eddie Izzard is he's such a weird looking guy. Like he's got that huge jaw. Oh, and that, he's
2: so handsome though, in a weird way.
0: In a strange way, he does make a good uh, transvestite. We all sound so gay. Uh, but I but here's the thing. Here's why he can't cross dress on this tour because he's in that show on FX, The Riches, for which he has a big beard. Mm-hmm. And a transvestite with a beard would just look tacky. I mean, it was just didn't work. So because he has the beard, yeah, he's not he's not able. To, so he's just dressed like a guy, and he's still got a good fashion sense when he's dressed as a guy. But you're right that there is something about Eddie Izzard is maybe just because 90% of the time I've seen Eddie Izzard, he's been dressed as a woman. So now when I see Eddie Izzard dressed as a guy, it sort of seems like that's not right. Like it just seems wrong somehow. Um, all right. Well, okay. Well, let's just so Richie. So let me just ask you. Okay. So. Why all? Why always the cross-dressing? So what is the...
2: What's going on in there? What, what the, <laughs> Nothing ignoring the dress. Why, why is head. it
0: that you do that?
5: Uh, back when I was, I don't know, what, 16, 17 years ago, uh, it was Halloween, mm-hmm. and I dressed up as a lady. Right. Just like as a goof. Uh-huh. And four girls later, I was sold on it. <laughs> oh, that's so <laughs> creepy. Uh, what a night. I'll so do you, you like?
2: You. Do you like the end product to which dressing like a woman gives you, or do you just like wearing women's clothes? Uh. Well, you ever I... done it around the house with nobody around? Mm, no. Yes, that's <laughs> a lie. <laughs> You're completely lying. All right.
5: Which is again, we don't care. It doesn't matter to me.
2: So sometimes you hang out at home. Do you, do you like put on heels, or do you just wear a dress?
5: No, I. No, I, I I the first time I did it, I did hurt my ankle because I was in heels. Well, you're a stout guy too. I can't see that yeah. heels. It seems like it would be difficult for a person of larger carriage and clumsy and clumsy. And,
0: uh, and guys aren't really like guys aren't really all that graceful under the best of circumstances. I'm not elegant. No, <laughs> no. But is Rochelle elegant? Ah, uh, she tries to be.
5: Hmm. Anyway. Uh.
0: All right. So I'm just gonna ask what Sarah and I keep wanting to ask. Oh so, no. So have you had relations while dressed as a woman?
3: <laughs>
0: well, the first night I did, but I mean, since then, times. Have you had relations with a woman while dressed as a lady? Uh,
5: a few times, yes. All right.
2: Um, do you prefer to be dressed as a woman when having relations?
5: Uh, you know, I had a weave one time, and I went to Vegas and I went to New York. A with, weave like a hair weave? Yeah, I got pictures. I mean, yeah, I looked like an ugly girl. Uh,
2: but so you went to Vegas as a girl?
5: With this weave in, yes. Not as a girl until I got there, but. You waited until you were there to change, because otherwise it would just be weird. Yeah. So you had a times. weave. How long was it? Uh, the Past my shoulder. Really? Yeah. What kind of hair? I uh, matched my hair like you did. But I mean, is it regular straight, or was it curly? Permy curly. All right. Mm-hmm. Do you still have... Wait, do, how, where did you get that done? Did you do it yourself? Uh, I paid lots of money for it.
2: Yeah, weaves are expensive.
5: I see. I don't know anything about anything. So how much does it cost to get a weave done? Uh, I believe it was like three, 400 bucks. I think. This one was... I mean, they did every single strand in hair, and they really so it's like a, a strand to strand clamps thing. and all this other stuff. Clamps, glue. Um, so, how long does that last? You get that weave done. How long does that work? I think hard? it lasted a few months, but I had to go back, you know, because your hair grows out and they have to fix. Kinda it. Kind like you know. of
2: like you know when I had a acrylic nails, and you get them it right. because kind of like it grows out, so you have to refill. Well, Wait,
5: so you just so you got it done. It was a few hundred dollars, and then you just kept it in for months. Yeah, but I had a i was learning about it too because you had to take care of it a certain way, and I wasn't doing it right at first. So just, what was your job at the time? Uh party.
0: <laughs> what, what does that mean? I partied. Uh, were you? Wait, I mean, well, were you gainfully employed? Uh, I was a promoter. I promoted like raves. Oh, okay. So you like so that. you could look sort of unconventional. Yeah. Because it's not really going to work if you're an accountant.
2: So were you were you hired to promote the raves as to be like a a cross-dressing person?
5: No, I just did that. You it, did
0: it. It, just, it? And because of your job, it didn't really matter.
5: Yeah. Right. I saw a picture later of myself and didn't realize it was me. <laughs>
0: oh, I was like... Oh, that's kind of creepy. Who are you hanging oh. out with this oh. chick? And, when you look, were you attracted to the chick for just a moment? Be no, I was
5: wondering <laughs> what the heck this ugly chick's doing hanging around with me and my friends in New York. <laughs> All right. Because I haven't seen pictures hey, of can myself, I Hey, do
0: you want to hear something really horrifying? Okay, so this is... So, uh, maybe it's not even... Maybe it's not horrifying. It's just weird. Um... I had a friend of mine. This is many years ago. Uh, I won't give his name, uh, but many, many years ago, I knew a friend, uh, a guy uh, who was gay, and who saw a picture of himself at one point, but didn't. Through, it's a long drawn out thing, but he saw a nude picture of himself and didn't see the face, and someone was like, "Who's that guy?" Mm. And then it's like he realized it was him. That was the opposite of what. Which is just doing. like a totally weird. He said it was the weirdest thing. He was like, apparently, he had a whole series of photographs of men in various states of undress and he's like flipping through and he's like hey ha cha check it that you know and then he and then he realized like it was himself. Which wow. I guess is fine. <laughs> I mean maybe you know it's good to have a positive self image.
5: It's good to feel good about one's own body. That's the opposite of me because I saw mine was like who's this ugly Alright so all right so uh, so uh
0: Taboo video one of our fine sponsors so mm-hmm. they had they had contacted you and what is the deal? So you
5: you are gonna go out at some point and get a whole makeover or a whole yeah we're gonna do a shopping bit and see how fun it could be so what is it when you say a whole shopping bit what does that mean well i got a couple of gay friends they're gonna help me pick out the right kind of uh stuff and a couple of girls
0: so you're gonna get the uh because you normally just do the clothing so you're gonna get a whole what you're gonna get did like a cosmetic thing done or whatever
5: yeah right now all i'm worried about is fishnets <laughs> so <laughs> so what is happening what is happening tomorrow uh well I asked them to bring in some fishnets, I've tried those on. Uh have you worn fishnets before? No. Alright. Pantyhose, but not fishnets. I think it Okay. I'm thinking white lace. Never mind.
2: White lace fishnets? They don't
5: something for my don't they? Or they do they not make white Well, they would make white fishnets, I would have. Well they'd make
2: white fishnets, but so I mean the got, lace and fishnets.
5: They got the silk on the top, so when I pull my skirt up it's kinda of sexy.
2: Oh, so you want like gar <laughs> like like wow. garters.
5: Yeah. I think so.
2: Like fishnet garters not, with like lace on the top. Yeah. Like, so
5: oh, they have the silk, the white silk on the top, you know, and the white. Fish, no. By the way, people,
2: he's for real. Like you're doing.
5: Seriously, when you said I, white lace, like you see his eyes kind of widen, like oh yeah.
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. So this, so tomorrow we're going to get what a small preview of your full yeah trip. All right. So, so they're going
2: to bring in some goods for you to sample. Yeah. Let, just, just a few around. things,
0: and then you're gonna you're gonna try them on uh, tomorrow, uh, and then uh, when is the full uh? Excursion. When is the full makeover? What night is that happening? Uh,
5: we're gonna talk to. We'll probably talk to Tom about that. All right. And so it's we'll a, who it all will be accompanying you when you do your full makeover? Ah, uh, Jay, which we call him Gaydro. It's kind of like Pedro, where he's gay, so we call him Gaydro. Uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, and then somebody else I haven't met yet. And uh, why did you just shift into the Rochelle <laughs> voice when you said somebody else you haven't met yet? <laughs> Almost. Because I'm talking about a gay man. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. To say. <laughs> All
0: right, all right. So let me just. So look, can I just cut to the chase? They have so, best taste. You know that. So when you. So when you. All waiters have great taste. So when you do this full makeover uh, night, are they going to film this?
5: Uh, yeah, we have got a film crew setting up. A film have you thing. ever worn? Have you worn makeup in the past? Uh huh. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So, I either go. It's like there's two. Spectrums. There's super serious where you're totally trying to deceive somebody and make yourself look like a female as much as you can. Have you ever been able to pull that off? You ever? Has anybody ever thought you were a chick? No. <laughs> I think it's the
7: goal of
0: everything. No, Did
2: you ever look a little deeper into it? And remember, you know, when you were with that dating service and you were like talking to the dude who looks like a chick. Maybe. Maybe. That's what you're attracted to. You're That's trying to find that with yourself.
5: Though. That's tricky. Well, you're
2: doing though. the same thing to other people, right? You just said you're trying no, to dress if, up to deceive them. As
5: far as your looks go, I mean, I'm obviously not going to trick some dude into believing I'm a chick, but I will. You know what I mean? Wait,
2: so, who are you trying to trick? I
5: guess a thinking... lesbian into thinking I'm a girl. <laughs> I think I think
0: she might have a method of deducing that you were in fact a man. Um, it seems like that might all come apart at the end. Let's turn the lights off. All right, let's just skip to the end of the page here. So, when you go out and so tomorrow, we'll have a little taste uh, of your. Transformation. Uh, and then you're going to go out, what, later this week or something? Yeah. Okay. Uh, are you, in fact, going to come into work the next day all rochelle up after your big shopping
5: trip? No. Richie's going to call in sick, and Rochelle will cover for me. They're two different people. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. So
0: will Richie be calling in sick, and will Rochelle be screening the phones the next day? I just want to sort of mentally steal myself. Give you a letter. Sarah? I have no problem with that.
2: I have no problem. I'll be nice to have another lady down here. All right. <laughs> uh, okay. All right.
0: Uh, any further questions, Sarah? Before we move on.
2: Um, is Michelle going to be? Is she going to have like a wig and nails and that kind of stuff? Uh,
0: yeah, exactly. What else is the ma- is the makeover going to entail? The
5: that's up to the makeup artist. So uh, maybe <laughs> wig, clothing, makeup, nails. All right. Hmm. All right. Okay. Um, now that you mentioned it, I'm thinking nails too. Mm-hmm. All right. Have you ever? Let me understand. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, so have you ever? Uh, so have you ever gone to like Darcel's or whatever, and
0: sort of measured yourself mentally against the uh, against the the crossdressers there, and said like, I can pull that off.
5: Uh, Embers. That's about the farthest. Right. I've been to Silverado. And have you ever? Of other places, but have you ever gone to? One have of you ever been at
2: these waters
5: Nope. Have been you like three places? I think.
0: Have you ever been to one of those places and said to yourself, Ah, it's not so good. I could do better than that.
5: Uh, no, I sit at home and sing into the mirror thinking I could do better than that.
2: <laughs> do you put on your dress when you sing into the mirror?
5: No. I'm trying Can you to do a little t- a little <laughs> talking when you do that? <laughs> I, <Like> me. mean. <laughs> I love oh. you. <laughs> do you really sing into the mirror at home? I have. Dressed as of a woman. Of
2: course he does. <laughs> Not
5: dressed. It's a dress rehearsal when I'm, you don't actually dress. I'm,
2: are you wearing your evening, what is that called? Your dressing gown?
5: No, I put on the little, like a she thing. A sheath? It's just a I don't sheath? think that means what you think it means. What, what do you mean, like a like a like a? I'm like picturing underwear? like a loincloth. Uh, no, like in kung fu, you have that belt. That's uh, what do they call that? Can't like remember. an obi or something? Yeah, I think that's what it is. I'm so confused. it's a big white belt that you basically tie around yourself, and it has like fringe. like a diaper. No, it has fringe at the end, and it's a belt like a sash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, I'm confused. So.
0: So occasionally at home, you will per- sing and dance or just sing? Dance, too. Sing and dance into a mirror, but not dressed as a woman, just... No.
5: Butt naked with the sheath on or whatever. <laughs> you will occasionally sing so and So is dance. it just like
2: everything's hanging out? Like, do you just wrap it on your waist, or do you, like, literally make yourself a silk diaper? And well, it's hanging
5: it down the front, just in case somebody comes home. But The sash. Uh, bash.
0: Uh, so you will occasionally sing and dance naked into a mirror as practice?
5: Yeah. For my Madonna song, but I think I'm going to have to change what the song. What song? Out. What Madonna song? Are you, now, are you eventually going to be performing somewhere? Is this your I cool? wanted to, but when I feel I'm good enough. Where do? Where would you want to be performing? Um, That's being discussed now. Oh, I see. So, wait, what?
2: Oh.
5: Oh. So, you would, I mean, so do you have wait, plans to... So it's kind to...
2: of like an audition for
5: Possibly. you? Possibly. But I, you know, you got to practice. You can't just walk up there. They, they, some of those people have a lot of talent. Wait, well, we don't have to identify the place,
0: but uh, so is this, so when you're doing this whole makeover, is this because you are going to audition to be a performer somewhere? Try to. Okay. All right. So this is, so this is actually functional. It's not just, it's not just a stupid thing we're doing on the air for ratings. So it's actually, so you, w-
5: once you get the, the sort of your whole look together, uh-huh. then you are going to be auditioning.
2: Can we watch you audition?
5: Well, that's kind of funny because I had talked to some of your guys' friends to try to lure you to a club and get you front and stage. Already, I've already asked some people to get you front stage.
2: Oh, you know, it wouldn't take me much to convince me to go see. Um, and that, I was going to come show. out and
5: surprise you and do a lap dance for Rick and all this other stuff. See if you guys would have figured that out. Make the me. workplace
2: unpleasant. Seriously, on you had me until
5: lap dance.
0: I uh, Rick Emerson's an open-minded guy, but um, all right. that would but just only be,
2: from a distance. That would
5: just be weird, Richie. That
2: would be weird. Uh, just like that time when that girl yeah. that we work with took off her top.
5: Where was I? Damn it. I didn't say that, Sarah. Nasty. You said that. All right. I'm a classy girl.
0: Uh, all right. Okay, well, we so, have to break, uh, yeah. I think. Well, anything else you want to know before we no, start on of this?
5: I mean, there's I mean, so much I don't understand.
2: So he's coming in tomorrow. You're yep. going to try on some wardrobe. Are you going to have some makeup done and stuff, too? Not tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Tomorrow. Just, just,
5: you know it takes a long time to do makeup and all that. Why? So no. we have a whole show. I mean, we, <laughs> we could probably get somebody here. So you but if, me, you know. if you get that all done, you want to make sure it's.
2: I have some makeup artists friends. friends. Really? Maybe we can have um, one of them come in and do you up. We yes. could just do uh, like a once over tomorrow, and then you do the full
0: shopping excursion like later in the week. Sounds good. All right, and then uh, okay, and we'll take it at that one. All right, Richie Bristol, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Thank you, Richie. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Tim Riley around the corner. A bastion of normalcy. Uh later on we'll do today's top five, top five clown songs of all time. Don't go anywhere, kids. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Fun for the whole family. Evil. Don't play with
3: evil.
0: Rick Emerson radio program. You're right, it really is hard to picture Scotty J doing any of these things.
2: Oh, yeah, we were going to check and see if Scotty was still married.
0: While, you're, while you do that, let me just say that during this whole cross-dressing conversation, though, I do picture us making Scotty J dress and drag and just him sitting really glumly in the corner, unhappy about it.
2: He would look so sad. <laughs> I can see him like a skirt hiked up over his knees, and like a bottle of whiskey in one hand.
0: Looking like some floozy at a bar.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> just looking like some... With a 5 o'clock shadow and like horrible pink lipstick.
0: Uh, that is kind of who this low-rent transvestite that I saw at this business the other day kind of looked like Scotty J. But like... Male clothing, female name tag, like stubble, and female hair, but nothing, but just totally dressed as a guy. It was all, and then like big hairy arms. Clearly, there were no attempt to shave. It was all very confusing. Uh, all right, uh, we will uh, have the news with Tim Riley in just a moment. It's time though for Rick Emerson's Yiddish word of the day. No, I keep hitting the off button.
1: Nope. Today's Yiddish word is. Kavitch,
0: Kvitch. K-V-I-T-C-H with rhymes with snitch. From the German, to squeal. Do not confuse Kavitch with kvetch, by the way. Kvetch as verb. To scream, but not a scream of real terror. It is rather a yelp. A woman will kvitch or give a kvitch upon sighting a mouse, singeing a finger, or meeting a long lost friend. Uh, I think it is correct to state that 95% of all the... This is from uh, The Joys of Yiddish by Leo Rostam, by the way. 95% of all kvitching in the world is done by women. Examples are, don't kvitch when you see the bill. Or, when she stuck herself with a needle, she kvitched. Kvitch, uh, let's see, kvitch can also be used as a general exclamation of fear or surprise, or as an admonishment, as in, please no more or I'll kvitch. A kavitch is in no way a gershriel, nor does a substitute for a kavetch. A kavitch is midway between squeal and scream. Examples include, when I walked in, she gave a kavitch you could hear in Yonkers, or as in minor pain, she stubbed her toe and gave such a kavitch. Today's Yiddish word of the day has been kavitch.
5: And now, oh. now from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley.
1: The of the NTSB is investigating a mishap aboard Barack Obama's campaign plane today.
0: Do they suspect shenanigans?
1: Well, listen to this. Apparently, the aft emergency exit slide on the chartered aircraft had deployed within the tail cone, and that cone had not separated from the plane. NTSB Chairman Mike Rosenko says this is highly unusual. We have not seen this in flight. We have seen it as a result of other issues, but not while it's been in flight. He said the investigation is now underway. We have a team that's on its way there, and they'll be examining the uh, the tail cone of the aircraft, taking a look at the
7: various mechanisms. They'll be taking a look to see if, in fact, it's been their maintenance records on the aircraft to see if all of the maintenance uh, directives have been complied with. Well, I
0: don't understand. What does this mean exactly? I don't understand what, what happened.
1: So, apparently... There was a malfunction on the plane, and they found that the emergency exit slide on the chartered aircraft had deployed. Oh, but went off inside. Right. It had not separated from the plane.
0: Ugh. All right.
1: So it's highly unusual.
0: That's unnerving.
1: Well, it wasn't such a happy Fourth of July in Slovenia <laughs> as eight canoeists were sucked into turbines. Oh. Mm-hmm. The two large canoes decided badly, to run over a dam under construction near Slovenka. That's a town about 56 Wait. miles southwest of Ljubljana.
0: Which is where? It's, is it ever a happy Fourth of July there?
1: In Slovenia. Is there a happy
0: Fourth of anything yeah. in, in Slovenia? Well, they were trying to be happy, but they just made bad decisions. <laughs> doesn't it seem like when you're doesn't Slovenia just sound like a place where only sad and depressing things would happen? Mm-hmm. Like is no it one.
2: Slovenia or Slovenia? Because I had a friend. Slovenia. When I was in London, the, a girl I went to her, her father was the ambassador of foreign affairs for the um, for the country of Slovenia. Mm-hmm. Slovenia sounds
0: like a place where where, where hope just goes. It's just a whole town filled with filled with dust and with splintery toilet paper.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, TV Slovenia showed a chilling footage of the canoe entering a dam, followed by the sound of screams. Wow, that
0: that's awkward and unpleasant.
1: It is. Uh, they're having a hard time finding bodies at this point.
0: Jesus. I think maybe it understates the situation to say that they did not have a happy 4th of July.
1: Uh, The Prime Minister, Janez Janza, uh, said on TV Slovenia, the accident is a great tragedy. It seems like some of the canoeists did not respect the rules and decided to take a dangerous descent.
0: That's what I'm saying. It it seems like canoeing right near the turbines in a dam.
1: This is consequence of wrong human decision. (laughs) Do you think? All right. Well, fair enough.
0: Well, all right, then.
1: Among the victims, a member of parliament.
0: And that was news from Slovenia.
1: Nicole Kidman had a baby today named Sunday, but the baby was born today. The baby is still named Sunday. Sunday Rose Kidman Urban weighs six pounds, seven and a half ounces. Uh, Keith Urban is by Nicole's side, and the mother and baby are very well.
2: That whole pregnancy was just weird because she she didn't look pregnant she didn't look pregnant like a picture was released last week where she kind of had a ba- like you know like a bump there and then
0: like maybe Zinu just gave her the baby out I, of nowhere you
2: know I'm finding it hard to believe that she was knocked up I'm not saying calling about shenanigans speculation on this. but
0: here's that uh, well should we do the top five yes yeah, so let's do all it. right here's your top five for this whole day has just gone by in the blink of an eye four, three, two, oh by the way. Somebody said, Hey Rick, during your Powell's ad, you had a problem referencing cross dressing in literature. What about youth and revolt? There you go. If I'm a cross dresser someday, my name will be Carlotta. In tribute to Nick Twist. There you go. That's
2: my friend's uh, mom's name.
0: I will not, really? I will not be cross dressing tomorrow when whoever comes in.
1: I can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate it. <laughs> You're just not meant to wear anything other than uh, men's clothing. <laughs>
0: I'd just say it. I'd look like that Blossom girl. I mean, that's it, really. I, You know, for Halloween this year, I ought to go as Blossom. What do you think? Full-on just go as me and be Alec as Blossom.
2: You could totally do it. I'll help you shop, perhaps, with giant flowers on the front of them. Really? Mm-hmm. You're a true friend. Mm-hmm. Here's
0: Tim mm-hmm.
1: Riley. And as we prepare for the coming of the Joker and more of the passing of Larry the Bozo Harmon, we take a moment to pander or ponder the clown, the clown's unique place in the cultural consciousness. Here are the five top clown songs of all time. And number five, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Number five.
0: I'm sorry, this is... This song is by Tim Riley. I don't know. California punk band, The Dickies. Oh, how could I forget? Who here has seen Killer Clowns from Outer Space? Oh, it's the best movie ever.
2: Lisa actually has it, and I almost watched it this weekend. The
0: Kyoto Brothers. It's a... Oh, you really... It, you got to see it. It's fantastic. Okay. It's a it's a B movie. You know, in other words, it's it's, you know, low budget and kind of... And it's sort of corny. But it's really, really good. This is the theme song to Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It's got some of the creepiest clown footage ever. There's a couple. Can I just tell you this?
3: It, 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 it,
0: it won't be any less creepy if I describe it and then you see it. There's the because they are of course killer clowns from outer space. I think that goes without saying. There's the greatest creepy clown moment when and the clowns don't look like human clowns. They do look like alien clowns. I mean they're bigger and more muscly than, than normal human clowns. There's a sequence where a girl is sitting inside a fast food restaurant with her mom. And she's sort of, you know, eating a hamburger or whatever, and her mom is sort of distracted by eating the meal. And the girl looks, and there's a clown standing outside the window, and he's just doing the finger beckon to her. He's, like, doing the curled finger. Uh, It's so creepy. Oh, and it's got, what's his name, John Vernon? I think it's the guy who was Dean Wormer in Animal House. And he plays, of course, you know, like the angry cop who doesn't believe the kids when they claim that there's clowns killing everybody. Excellent. I think this video's included on the DVD, too. These are the top five clown songs of all time.
1: Number four, Can't Sleep the Clowns believe Me.
0: This is uh, Alice Cooper.
2: I know this is a song. I've just seen it on a t-shirt. On your t-shirt.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, you
1: have.
3: <laughs>
0: I don't think this is even on one of his albums. I think this is like a B-side or a bonus track or something. And I, this is a, there's an episode of The Simpsons that has this, too, right? Where Bart Simpson is sitting there sleeping. I go, I can't sleep, the clowns will eat me. can't sleep, the clowns will eat me.
2: I wanted to think he on the chalkboard It happens to me every night. Can't sleep, the clowns will eat me. They always want to take a bite. Can't sleep, the clowns will eat me.
0: And if you think it's dancing real, I'll show you what's ever here. Excellent. Counting on the top five clown songs of all time. By the way, thanks to Chris Paddock, who uh, helped me put this together, as he always does.
1: Now we're the ready to be, a clown. be a clown. Be a clown, all the world of clown. Show
3: them tricks, tell them jokes, and
0: you the the I think this is the Judy Collins version, maybe. Who is this? Tim, do you know you who's singing
3: road this? Road uh, to <laughs> I don't know. No,
0: no, it's not. No, I'm thinking of the next song. felt Kelly Judy Garland.
2: Little to little.
0: You know, there's a great version of this song in that Jesus. Did you ever go to like praise a movie and then you realize you couldn't have liked it that much because you can't remember the name? That um, that Kevin Klein movie about Cole Porter. Did not yeah. see that? Yeah, it came out uh, like three, four years ago. I forget what it was called. It's called. um it escaped me.
2: With the clown? Was it with the clown raping? What? Do you remember that horrible? Have you ever seen that horrible movie about the guy who drove the think clown? Cole
0: Porter wrote any songs about clown raping?
2: <laughs> no, I was thinking of a movie. Here's a hit from
0: way back when, kids. It's Cole Porter's hit, "Clown Raping." <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't know what you're talking about. I was
2: thinking of a movie. There's I I a, a different. Movie.
0: Was it the clown raping someone or a clown being raped by it, somebody? The
2: clown was like he was. He loved being a clown and he would get hired for parties and then he went to see this clown, one party and all these men like molested him. Must have been in prison. What is the name of that movie? Goddamn clown movie. I
0: think this is called a movie that Sarah <laughs> dreamed in her head after too much absence.
2: No, you know why? Because the guy who's the clown is the. Um, Supposed killer in the zo- in Zodiac, the guy who plays the clown.
0: I know who you're is talking about. Actor. I know I that guy. That
1: Cole, Porter if again, you'll
2: be <laughs> Cole Porter, Cole
0: Porter and George Gershwin present Clown Rapin' Volume One.
1: <laughs> Red Hot
0: and Rape. I'm gonna find the news. <laughs> <laughs> you're the one who's talking about clown raping. All right, you brought it up.
2: I'm finding the clown raping. Hang on.
0: That's the worst thing you you've is. ever said.
2: What was his name, Temple. And
0: this music, of course, makes it so <laughs> yeah. unbelievably inappropriate.
2: Oh, John Carroll Lynch. Okay. Talk
0: more about the rape over this music.
2: <laughs> Wait, um... Uh, not Carnival. <laughs> not Bubble Boy.
0: This is for the tender hug right after the rape.
2: Maybe I made it up in my head. It's not there. It's not there. It was
1: only a dream. <laughs>
2: Man, what's going on in my head, though? (laughs) I don't know.
1: (laughs) I swear it exists. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. Okay. Number two, send in the clowns. (laughs) So we can rape them. (laughs) Oh, I hate this.
0: (laughs) Do you? Yes.
1: Why do you hate this song?
0: I'm going to
2: Google horrible clown raping. Can you imagine?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're just going to get a bunch of pictures. You know, there's a whole lot of the genre of clown porn. I'm sorry, Tim? No,
1: can you imagine the six-hour weekend airship? And this is the third time you've played this song? Did you
0: not have to imagine it? Did you live it?
1: Oh, I've lived it, yes. I put two scratches in the intro, hoping I wouldn't have to play it. This is Judy Collins, by the way. It's crap. Who decided that this would be a song that people would not like? They did.
2: Vulgar. That's the name of the movie. Oh, that's a
0: Kevin Smith film, you know.
2: Yeah, that movie. Is or a, not, a, view, uh,
0: a View Askew film, anyway.
2: Thank you, Aaron Geek. And the yeah,
0: yeah, that was put up by that Kevin Smith's movie company. Is
2: into your head. It is bad. I
0: never watched it.
2: Oh, I wouldn't recommend it.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> like you weren't made sick by the clown raping, no, but Judy Collins singing. I'm
1: okay,
3: with
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the clown was asking for
1: it. <laughs> oh, my God. It was the way it was
2: brisk.
5: I like your floppy shoes.
2: You sound like the court from Ebenezer, Barely Knower.
5: Steve. <laughs> I don't have a telephone.
1: There are to be I, think, I hate this song too, actually. <laughs> we got the gist of it. It's only finished like one sentence in three minutes. That's the slowest song ever. It's like it 15 slowest, beats a minute. It has the slowest words of song. Okay, I think we understand. Uh Jesus. All right.
0: And kind of the top five. This is, look, I'm doing what I can. You try to think of five clown songs. It's not easy. I no,
1: I give you credit for it. All
0: right. Uh, counting down, the, yeah, the uh, Paddock came up with. Um, Uh, send in the clowns and he came up with number one as well Uh, these are the top five clown songs of all time
1: number one, Kathy's Clown
0: the Everly Brothers ladies and gentlemen singing Kathy's Clown not a bad song
2: oh maybe Richie should see this movie and be careful
0: you know I, uh, I waited on the Everly Brothers one time at a restaurant in Kennewick boy they were bastards they didn't tip at all. What? Are we breaking? All right. Here's the Everly Brothers. Kev, he's clown. Number one of the Big Rick Emerson clown raping hit parade. All right. Back. Tim Riley. Gone. All right. Back after this. Four, five, six, and seven. He will be top of the hour all the way through Lycus. Like stay there. We'll return. I've got a say Hi, Hello, it's the uh, Rick Emerson Radio Program. 503-733-297. <laughs> <Five>, oh, <three, laughs> oh, three, 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 Someday, I'm going to capture you laughing. I'm going to sort of isolate it. And uh, the, and then I'm just going to do a side-by-side comparison uh, with Crusty the Clown, Richie. Oh, okay. great. All right. Uh, if you'd like to sneak on before the end of the program, you can attempt doing that now. It's 503-733-2970. 503 733 Two nine seventy. That movie is D Lovely. That is the Kevin Kline movie about Cole Porter. Couldn't remember the name of it. D Lovely. All right. Uh, all right, Richie. So tomorrow you will be doing some limited cross dressing here. Yes.
5: Yeah. Trying some fishnets, maybe some pantyhose, whatever he brings.
0: So it's all just below the waist. When you dress as a woman, do you do is that underwear too? <laughs>
5: uh, do you you don't wear underwear? Why you?
0: You don't. Do you not wear underwear when you're dressed as a woman?
5: Uh, well, they're not under. Well, you know what I mean.
0: Underwear. I hate the word panties, but you
5: know what I mean. If I can find some. Do you
0: wear? Ones. Are your your under things are also for women? I try to, but right. I mean. And then uh, and then you stuff the bra. <laughs>
5: oh yeah. What do you use to
0: stuff the bra? Women's
5: garments. <laughs> so the bra
0: is stuffed with like pantyhose or something.
5: Uh, other women's panties. Yes. All right, fair enough. Uh, these are uh, these. Uh, okay, that's what I did at the at the dunes. And we did. I said what you were thirty four D. Mmm. I wish. Give her. <laughs> I'll get Only down. in my dreams. I'll get down to 34. I'm probably about 36 right now.
0: Okay. Uh, pleased to be asking Richie the following questions. Is Rochelle going to be answering the phones in character on the day of said cross-dressing?
5: Uh, it's Rochelle spelled with an I and a T like Richie. Okay, sorry. Will, will Rochelle Richelle, Richelle be answering the phones in character, Richie? Uh, I'm sure. So
0: it won't be Richie answering the phones. It will be Rochelle. Well,
2: Richie's gonna have to call in sick.
0: Yes, that is true. It says if so, Rochelle should probably be prepared to receive some creepy phone calls, and you in turn will need to be prepared to field calls from some creeped out callers taking them taking them down from being screened. That's true. There that's true. There may be some people calling in who aren't quite prepared for that. It sounds like Rochelle is gonna be performing at a club sometime soon. What is Rochelle's signature song?
5: Um I don't know. I've been practicing hung up, but Hung Up by Madonna? I've done one before Madonna. I don't know what about it is about Madonna Songs. I I did uh I don't know, Richie. What could know. it possibly be about Madonna? I've
2: uh, done
5: Material Girl and I've also done uh what's that other one? I can't even remember. All right. But growing. you've been hung up
0: by Madonna's your is Rochelle's current song? That's the latest. All if
5: right.
2: I if it's I play a, a little bit of hung up tomorrow, would you maybe like to do a dance for us? And do a little singing.
5: Uh, uh, does <laughs> it have the intro <laughs> but it takes like one minute to get into it? You mean a I don't boom,
2: know, do you need the minute? Boom,
5: Dun, 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 I think I've got it right here actually. But you got your back turned like this because you know
2: You start with your back Oh right? wait and then, yeah. then
5: you wait until um
2: oh, and then you, have to go, and then you wait until interrupt. the
5: big reveal. Hold on. Right. And then time goes by. Of course you have a watch right here. Never mind. I'm sorry? What? It says time goes by. Yes
0: it does. Wait. So uh I don't know where it went. Oh I had oh, hung up on Madonna. Right?
5: I'm sorry,
2: don't hate.
0: Uh let's see. <laughs> Top five. I don't think I have. I don't think I have hung up. Uh, do you have it, sir?
2: Well, I'm looking for it now, but you know, CBS is lightning fast. Yeah. Internet is. Uh,
0: kind of hung up. Cricket. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, we'll find it here. Let's take one more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. 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 Hi. Hi. Uh,
4: clowns are needle, oh, Clowns are fun by the Vandals is what you're missing.
0: Oh yeah. Somebody and apparently some Crispin uh, Glover song uh, that I was supposed to play and I didn't get that done either. So.
4: Ah right. uh, well.
0: All right, thank you, sir. All
4: uh, right, thank you. All
0: right, there you go. All right, and so what time is this all happening tomorrow, Richie? The uh, the, the big
5: uh... well, two o'clock. He'll probably be here about a quarter till. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you. thank you. See, that doesn't have the intro though, and it's not the remix. Are you sure? Uh-huh. Yeah,
0: this has got the whole, see it's all muffly and then it's like you're walking to the club and
5: opening the door. The real song has like 30 seconds before it actually starts saying that. I'm uh, sorry, I should have known he would be a connoisseur. Well, yeah. that's because you have to come out and the lights go up and and then all you see is the back.
0: And then as Rochelle's back turned until the song uh-huh. actually it kicks should in. should have an
5: open back. Here, I'm going to let it play.
0: You tell me exactly when Rochelle would turn around.
2: Oh, oh are we out of time? Going to have to do it tomorrow. Damn you, clock!
5: Oh, it's be good to you.
0: All right, thank you, Richie.
2: He's very specific about his dance.
0: I'm not even going to do the end of the show here.
2: Goodbye.
0: We're back tomorrow at 11. See you all there. Bye now. This is 11 inches, Sarah.